You're live. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Kevin Smith's View Askew Universe in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the View Askew Universe. Uh, it's very exciting stuff, everybody. This is a show that is live every single week right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games where you could watch me, Greg Miller, Andy Cortez, Kevin Coelho, and Nick Scarpino rank and review some of our favorite movies. Uh, we're, right now we're doing Transformers and Kevin Smith movies alternating Tuesdays and Fridays. It's exciting stuff. After that, we're doing Lord of the Rings. So uh, get hyped about that. Andy, what editions are we doing? It's official, everybody. We are doing the extended editions of Lord oh, of the Rings. No, maybe, maybe you are. Three hours maybe long. You already get ready, dude. For like, it's already the best trilogy of all time. Now there's more of it. It's just, it's just Andy, giving. Do care. you ever think you're gonna stop acting like you like this? These movies. No, it's not an act, dude. It's okay, not an act. Sure. But, but actually, sure. several actors were nominated for Best Actor in this movie. Sure, yeah. It was yeah. popular. You know, it's one of those things it. where it's like nerd Most Oscars in. of all time. Most Oscars of all time. Wow. Crazy. Crazy wow. stuff. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I've been on good authority Moonlight. that uh, Extended Editions cannot make a movie worse. So you know, <laughs> I'm excited for the Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I remember Superman pretty good. <laughs> you know, sure. really? yeah. I mean, Superman, I'm right there with you, Andy. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. Wait till we get that Snyder yeah, cut of Justice really, League. Really, really plugged a lot of holes in Batman music. <laughs> funny how it was number one, huh? You fucking hypocrite, huh? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember, I don't goddamn remember show. It was number one for a week. Number one forever. Never forget, everybody. Never one forever. Now, which version of Mallrats were we supposed to watch, Tim? To that. We'll get to that. If you were, uh, if you want to get the show ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Cameron Reagan, Steve Powers, Lee Polero, Julian the Gluten Free Gamer, Kieran O'Donnell, Drew Garnier Fructis, and Al the Predator Tribesman. Whoa. He's back? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. It's crazy, man. Holy shit. It's crazy. Uh, if you don't want to pay, that's cool. You can get the show later on YouTube.com slash kind of funny uh, or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search for kind of funny reviews on your favorite podcast service, and we will be there for you. Today, we are talking about Mall Rats, released on October 20th, 1995, uh, one year and one day after Clerks released. Pretty pretty crazy oh. tight turnaround there. Um, hey, and, then, to and then in canon, the film takes place a day before Clerks. Whoa. Yeah. So there, there we go. That's there cool. Go. You wouldn't know it from the version we saw, though. Uh, this one is, once again, directed by Kevin Smith, which is, which is very, very fun. The theatrical cut of this is the only one of the Kevin Smith movies that he didn't edit. Oh. So, wait. Oh. You guys weren't trolling? There's an extended cut? That's that's what you watched, Andy. Oh, Andy, that's what you watched, Andy. Yeah. Give it one the second. A budget of six point one million, uh, which is a lot more money than the twenty seven thousand of clerks. Right. And a box office of two point one million, which is a lot less than the three point two million of clerks. Uh runtime so return on investment on that one wasn't quite as good. Not great. not quite not as good. Great. Um a runtime of an hour and thirty four minutes. Or if you watched the extended edition, like some of us might have. Two hours and three minutes was Holy the runtime. Holy shit! Boy, did it not have to be that. Of this movie. I watched the absolute wrong one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, no, 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 no. No. The no, no, no. You're no, not no. wrong. This is what happens when we don't discuss ahead of time. <laughs> totally. But also, it's when things are mislabeled. So apparently, there's a whole kerfluffle about the goddamn extended edition of this movie. So I got some quotes for you here. Don't worry, you guys. Um, so this is a quote from uh, Scott Mosier. 
So basically, we came up with a really long master cut of Mallrats, and it's pretty much taken directly from the script. This is a version of the movie, a kind of version of a version of the first version of the movie that we put before a test audience that was like, oh, this is fucking terrible. This is a really (laughs) bad film. So we said, that's the movie that we present on the 10th anniversary edition. So of course, we've included the real version, the theatrical version, which is awesome. And then we include this version, which we have taken to call the version that should never have been seen. And here it is now in your hands, able to be seen. So Mm. when I was gathering (laughs) these movies, I didn't fucking know any of this. And the thing didn't say extended edition. It just said mall rats. So I got mall rats. Not... How am I supposed to be blamed, guys? How You're a clown. You should have done your cinematic up. history. Nobody's you should have watched all the Kevin Smith stuff ahead of time fault, and known. But I'm so I glad. know that we don't count this, and we do it again next week. I don't know. I mean, I, so I, I watched the 90-minute version and had a delightful time. Oh, this, yeah, you did. This movie is fucking awful. Yeah, Dude, I didn't like this movie. Yeah, wait, which one did you watch? Honestly, I watched the extended. The extended okay. version, it makes so many changes. It's a totally different start, and there's... Changes peppered throughout, and all of them is bad. It reminds me of um, the there, there's something about Mary extended cut, which you should also under no circumstances watch. <laughs> it is not good. It, it adds storylines that don't need to exist, and it removes tie-ins to other movies. It's super disappointing. Got Andy, it. okay. I, I watched I five told- minutes of Kingpin last night. Oh, great film. Andy, what if I told you that the entire beginning with the governor's ball stuff and the weird muskets and all of that, not in the movie? Are you guys trolling me? This is real shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys need to go back and watch the 90 minute version. I don't know that I can. It's minute versions in this movie. No, it's Tim. About this movie, I enjoyed, period. There's so many scenes that are extended in this, this, uh, the two, two hour version, that are much shorter and funnier, or like actually funny in the 90 version one. 90 minute 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 version is like sorry go ahead andy i I was just like i this again seems like one of those things where you had to be there at the time it's like if i were to show a kid road trip now or van wilder they'd probably think it fucking sucked right and that's how i felt watching this two-hour version or i didn't really know there was a different version i just thought Man, this movie's just not working for me, and I'm kind of bored, and it's not funny, and I'm not happy. Like, I like Clerks a lot more so far. Yeah, the big problem for me was that, like, the the bigger budget and the look and feel of this actually feeling like a movie was its biggest hindrance, where it's just like all the flaws are now being seen. The seams are all exposed and just ripped the fuck open. There was Uh, also a, a lot of terrible cuts where, like, they clearly spliced two scenes together that weren't. Like it wasn't done in a, in a in a way that was seamless, where you can just see like a hard cut all of a sudden. It's like oh, you're real quiet. What? This is this is one of those this is one of those instances oh. where you guys really should go back and watch the theatrical release because all of these gripes that you guys have are completely solved in yeah. the 90 minute version. It is streamlined. I don't it's, believe it's, you. I will re- I will watch you it. Go back and watch but it. I feel like it's now that like the tone has changed and a bunch of things that they're gonna say, you're gonna be like, oh, like remember it with the the other the movie, the, well the other movie. poison. Yeah. Yeah. We talk, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's unfortunate because, it, don't get me wrong, I don't think Mallrats is his best film. I, I went into this remembering Mallrats a lot more um, in a lot better light than I do when I'm watching it at, you know, in 2020, 
quarantine times when I'm 40 years old. It's still dated a little bit, but there are moments with Jay and Silent Bob that make me laugh out loud. There's a part that got my wife where they turn around and he starts bounding, pounding on the glass. He's like, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> it, just, it got me. I fucking giggled like a motherfucker. But this one's like, this to me is his most commercial film. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, again, these are the criticisms that I have on it that I guess are going to be completely different than your guys's. It's short. It's it's streamlined. The scenes are very very lean. It's only literally just the like the a plot and the b plot, and there's moments where I mean everything just makes sense, and it's you can tell they cut a lot out of whatever the version you guys are talking about. Having said that, I think that um, Tim's right, right? Where I think a little bit of the magic of Kevin Smith is lost because you do bring in de- relatively good actors. And it's actors saying dialogue that I, I think. Let me back up. I think there was a certain like high school play, like magic to clerks, where you're like, oh, the kids are trying, and they made something good, and it's fun watching them do that. But then when you bring in guys like Jason Lee, or uh, yeah, Jason Lee, and and uh, uh, fucking yeah, Shannon Doherty and and Joy Lauren Adams, all these people who are actually good actors, the dialogue starts to take on a whole different meaning, and I think that's that kind of suffers a little bit in this film because it almost feels, and I keep saying this. As a, I don't know if it's a pejorative or a compliment, but it almost feels like Shakespearean in that when you watch like Romeo and Juliet, you'd be like, this movie's great, but I really wish I understood what the fuck they were talking about most of the time. Why don't you just write it for a contemporary audience where a lot of the flowery language in this just doesn't play quite as well as mm-hmm. clerks. But I, think, yeah, I, I, think I still the, think it's good. What's interesting, I came into Mallrats like wincing, right? Because obviously for the longest time, this wasn't one of my, it was my favorite movie. And I think I've, you know, I, that was, I remember it being a big deal for me and my friend group that it surpassed Ghostbusters and then eventually Ghostbusters oh, went back Not up. just your favorite Kevin Smith movie. No, no, this is, but I mean, I'm, ta- I'm legit in, the, Andy, you, I mean, there's multiple conversations and things I want to jump in on, but Andy, you make a great point of like, you had to be there kind of thing. Like, it can't be understated that like, this is the first movie wherever I saw people talking about Superman and in f- putting comics in bags and having conversations about Stan Lee. Like now, obviously, Stan Lee's been in every Marvel movie. It's everybody knows Stan Lee. Like when his name come up in the credits, Jim was like, "Oh my God, he's in this!" And I'm like, "Yeah." And you would have had no idea who he was probably when, if you would have watched it back when it came out, right? This I was had, his I first zero idea. theatrical appearance, right? I, I don't know. I think so. Well, I believe so. But I don't know. Um, but it was that idea of I was wincing of like I haven't seen Mallrats as an adult you know, in a long time. I don't can't remember last time I did a viewing of Mallrats. So to come in and sit down for it, I was expecting it to be even worse than I expected it to be bad. Like I was expecting it to not hit. And I was it, when it ended in Jen was like, I like that. I actually enjoyed it. She you know had a bunch of criticisms, obviously, but like me too, that I had a fun on that ride. And I think what's interesting about it is again now with, you know, how what 20 years of Kevin Smith podcasts and one man shows and tra- commentary tracks and then the mall rats, you know, uh, extended cut and like to watch it with the eye for what it was, right? Of like, I forget who told them, but like it was somebody from the studio, right? Because they did this and they were like, we're making porkies. This is going to be this generation's porkies. Like, this is like what we're going for, right? That crass humor, that crass comedy, taking the, I wouldn't say the, like taking clerks and dumping the heart of clerks and just making it like it's going to be a raunchy comedy. You know, we're going to get all into this and yada, yada, yada. Like if you remember too, there's a story that like at one point they had it where uh, Jay and Silent Bob, I think maybe both or one of them, but one of them for sure was jerking off next to oh, yeah. uh, where Joey Lauren Adams was changing and it got in her hair. And the studio was like, you get NC-17 if you did that. And then, you know, years later, something like two years later, something about Mary did it yeah. and made it the poster. But 
remember too of like when this was a studio project like you said he didn't have the edit there was all these things involved and it was like when they had that original the original cut that you guys watched right like Mm -hmm. somebody at the studio was like it's called fucking mall rats and it takes them 45 minutes to get to the mall 35 minutes they have to get to the mall mall. what again that's not the real version yeah exactly and like that became the movie then it got edited into the movie that i watched it sounds like nick watched kevin has watched because kevin texted me last night he's like did you watch the version with the governor's phone? I was like, I, no, it's it was, cut. and you're like, I've never seen this. Yeah, I'm like, it oh was God. So, so shocking confusing. to start the movie and be like, the fuck is this shit? I've yeah. seen this movie why, like, like, so many I, times. Even and like, granted, I'm I guess, not joking. You, I paused it to make sure I was watching the right movie. Wait, so you've <laughs> seen Mallrats before, right? And no, it, I had never, I had never, no, 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 oh, yeah. I had never seen Mallrats before. So during this whole the governor's thing and the kid on the roof with uh, what's his face with the musket yes. and yeah. the girlfriend. And and I legitimately paused it and hit back in the menu to see is this the right did it's, Tim get the right movie the, like the other movie this the other version just starts in such a fun way with what Brody having the yeah we'll monologue. get there we'll get there we'll okay. get there we'll get Sorry. there yeah like I'm gonna have to recap this entire fucking thing and they can catch up as they go yeah no, but I think that's what's so interesting about I, watching I wish that I had seen the the other version because like this movie it was an atrocity like it was so yeah, bad it's, it, it's not good it's like I'm done with the Kevin Smith movie it like, sucked like, yeah is, I hated it not that good. sucks man that sucks. It's like, not like none of us enjoyed it. You should you should go back and watch the the, the ninety minute. It's very fast. It's it's the movie that it, it's it's way more fun than what whatever this. I'm sure. I, even then, like. it just I struggle to see how. It because it's be I mean it's good. only it's a straightforward it's a straightforward nineties movie. It's about a guy trying to like you know the, most the majority of the plot centers around Brody trying to get Claire Forlani's character back and then having to sort of sabotage the dads. Um, show <laughs> in order to do that and then realizing yes. that that's all kind of for not all you have to do is talk to her like it's and then jay and yeah. Silent barbara just these fun side characters that are going around yeah. try, trying to sabotage shit and just failing miserably that's pretty much i it. think one major note is that uh, because they don't show what caused the breakup between ts and uh his girlfriend you you kind of don't like the wait they don't show TS... that in the extended version yes no they, like they, what in in so in the well, the extended version gives you t- way more of it, right? Way, way more. So yeah, I'm sorry, that's what, that's we, yeah. The He's talking we, theatrical we, doesn't ever the the, the, the governor's that. ball thing is referenced once by a studio exec that, and it has no bearing on anything. Yep. He's it's basically like whatever. Well, you, you better fucking knock this out of the park after what happened with the governor. And right. you're just like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like I'm watching that movie, I was never like, oh, I wonder if there's 35 minutes of this governor. But, shit. but <laughs> seeing it, you're suddenly like, kind of like TS is an idiot. Like he definitely caused. Oh sure, he escalates pro- you know too I mean? quickly. So, oh, so, does yeah, he yeah. call? Does he tell her that it's gonna? She's gonna. That they show that scene where she where he talks to her about being fat on camera. No, 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 no. 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 In the in this extended version, they they get rid of that storyline. That's not even part of this. That that anyone died Whoa. or that it's connected to clerks. That, that that's the funeral they went to in clerks at clerks. Um, instead, he uh, he goes. Whoa, what? So the be- so the beginning of the ex- the, the regular Greg, version Greg starts Cl- with oh, him yeah. going to pick up Clor- Claire Forlani mm-hmm. and her going, I can't go with you because you told the girl that was supposed to be on this show that she was going to look heavy on camera and she had a weight problem. So she went to the, the pool and started swimming laps and then had a stroke and died. She now I like have to go on the show. Oh, and that girl yeah, was we, the girl that, that – that, Yeah, so yeah. That, that girl was the one that died in, in court and yeah. went to the funeral. So, it's like a five-minute yeah. scene – that is the whole point of the movie. She breaks up with him because he's selfish, and he's yeah. like, "You're a daddy's girl. You gotta tell your stand up to your father." So that's the yeah. whole crux of the that sets up the that's like the catalyst for the whole fucking movie. Yeah, right. You guys didn't watch the same movie, like 
and not in yes, any way, but yeah. like in the majority of like, right. yeah, like it's just the, the this is a weird in review. So much, yeah, yeah, the edit changes so much <laughs> of the humor. Um, but uh, on on an interesting note, I think this is the first time a movie is like exists in another uh, in review universe that we've done, where Mallrats is referenced oh, in, in um, Captain Marvel. In Captain Marvel, yeah, that's cool. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Do you remember that, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. So we have to now rank Captain Marvel in the views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which one are we doing the plot synopsis for? Because if we're doing the plot I, for the extended edition, I'm going to be lost. No, no, no. I'm but doing the plot for the, the real movie. Okay. Like, that's oh. the you should tell them the plot of the real movie because it'll. I, here's my thing. Do you want, we're going to go through the <laughs> plot of the real the, movie. The Sorry, plot of the extended cut and the differences, like it does. Like there's a lot of other shit, but it's like the the real movie's still in it. There are changes. But yeah, like, yeah, but those like, changes are like drastic. I'd say, like with the weird camera crew coming up to the the house and recording um the dad. Uh, yeah, in like, the room in the yeah. bedroom. In, in the, I mean, it sounds like you guys are trolling me right yeah, now. Yeah, no, in the theatrical version. In the theatrical version. I want to hear the normal plot, Greg. Okay. Blah, 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 Everybody, let's talk about mall rats. So, yeah, what happens here is that we open on the Eden Prairie. This is just traffic. We open on a shot of the Eden Prairie Mall and everybody going about their business at the mall. And a one Brody Bruce, who is off camera narrating, tells the story of his cousin Walter, who got a cat stuck up his ass. The whole fiasco happened because cat he bought the cat at the local mall, so it ended up on the news and everything. Uh, a week later, he went back to the mall, bought another cat. That cat got stuck in his ass as well. Uh, same uh, same results, different cat. Uh, a week after that, Brody runs into his cousin Walter at the mall, buying an- yet another cat. And he says, Jesus, Walt, you know the same thing's going to happen. You're just going to get this cat stuck in your ass. And he looked at me and said, Brody, man, how the hell else am I supposed to get the gerbil out? That's the hard stop into the intro of animated comic book uh, art, uh, or not animated, the comic book covers here of all the different characters you will meet on your journey through Mallrats, including, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Smith showing he is a soothsayer of uh, Ben Affleck as Buttman. I but, feel like uh, I'm just gathering around, like with, like hearing Greg tell me a story of a story I've yeah. never heard before. This yeah, I know. You're, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what parts you remember, how they change, how they differ, and everything else. Uh, we run through all the combo covers with a fucking banging soundtrack. The Mallrats had a great soundtrack. I own all the Kevin Smith soundtrack. soundtracks through uh, Jane Sonic Bob, and like this was one of my favorites that was in constant rotation. Uh, but when it's all said and done, uh, we wake up with, yeah, uh, T.S. Quint, uh, of course, two names from Jaws being brought in here, and then the Jaws wedding, of course. Um, rolling up to his uh, wife, or I'm sorry, uh, his girlfriend, Brandy Svenning's house, uh, to pick her up for a week away in Florida. They're going to Florida as a vacation. It's one week in Florida, hot Floridian sex, but more importantly, uh, TS plans to propose on this trip uh, at Universal Studios on the Jaws ride. Now, watching this as an adult, didn't yeah. you think like you guys are way too young to be doing anything? Oh, yeah, of course. Really way too weird. young, and you're not right for each other. <laughs> like, well, you're why aren't they right for each other? The, the one thing that I look at when I, well, I'll tell you why. One thing I look at when when I see this as an adult who's been married for ten years, and I'm, as I'm like, these guys are super immature and should not be oh, in yeah. relationships, and they're assholes toward these women. Like Shannon Doherty's whole complaint oh, yeah. of Brody oh, yeah. is basically that he's a shitbag who has no d- uh, direction in life and is basically hiding their relationship from from his mother. Everybody, yeah. And it's so un- and and what's funny is like I remember them 
coming around and having real character growth from when I was young because that's yeah. how stupid I was. But at the end of this, I'm like, wow, the women just capitulate and they completely give in to these asshole guys. And then I guess she marries him. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing where it's like, right, like I feel like uh, Shane, like in terms of a realistic thing, like the Brody Renee relationship makeup makes so much more sense where literally he's just like, I got to buy you breakfast and you want to meet my mother tomorrow. Yes. Like, All right, at least cool. he has Little that. Right? That's fine. And TS is like, let's get married. And she's like, yes. yes. Like, I don't but like literally seen you together all movie. And he flipped out at this horrible situation. And he's so inappropriate. He tries to ruin He tries to sabotage her father's fucking career. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't do it. He succeeds. <laughs> he does. And, um, and the whole point of it is he's like, he he fails to see even at the end that he was wrong in saying like, she, he's like, cause you're, you're a daddy's girl. And like you gotta stand up for your father, your father hates me. But her father hates him because he's a fucking loser who yeah. is trying to marry his daughter way too young. To and granted, the father's an asshole. Shout out to my Michael Rooker. But Michael at no point Rooker. does he realize that I'm like, oh my God, I was totally wrong. Like you're Michael doing Rooker. this for your dad and he's yeah. your family. And I should have realized that. And like if if you wrote this a little bit better, there should have been a little bit of a resolve between the dad and him as well. Yeah, but like, like they said, they were trying out. to make they're trying to make a porkies, right? Yeah. So it is like just he's a bad guy and he's gotta be a bad guy. And like Michael Rooker is overly dramatic as a bad guy as well. So it's like whatever. Um, Remember the part in Porky's where he puts his tongue through the hole and they put soap on it? Yeah. Kev, um, what were you gonna say? Gonna I was gonna ask, to is he actually is TS a loser or is he just going to school full time? It's that like, thing where I, I think honestly T.S. is so tofu in this entire yeah. movie. Like even uh, like as a kid watching it, even here, it's just like he's just a vessel to get these things to happen. Yeah. And it's like, you know, nothing about him. I know yeah. nothing about yeah. T.S. I think, I think the more compelling couple... of the characters is Brody. Outside for of sure. Gwen, Gwen being like, he's a great guy. Yeah. And like, I'm like, well, I take her. I, I know. See her and, and, and seems... That's the other thing, too, is she, you look at her and you're like, why is he a great guy? She's like, well, I might try to get him back after this. And first off, I'm super confused because for the longest time, I thought she was the character from Chasing Amy. And I'm like, I don't remember her no, sexuality no, leaning that not. way. But she's not. They're totally different. Um, and in this one, I'm like, she keeps talking. I'm like, this is so written by a young dude. Mm. Because, and I hate to say things like that, but I'm like, this This is like the fantasy of like, you. the woman just comes around to realize that everything you've ever said is right. <laughs> You don't have to ever admit that you're wrong, ever. I mean, again, uh, as I think we will continue to see, especially next week with Chasing Amy, no future spoilers, that, yeah, these are time capsules for, not every person, but definitely certain people's lives. And it's the same way a clerk's was just being a shitless layabout, right? And you had nothing really to worry about, but it all seemed like you had something to worry about. Here it is of how dumb you are in your early relationships, right? And, like, next week will be the stupid things you got hung up on early in relationships and early in your life. But I digress. Yeah. Quick question. So you just said this. No future spoilers. But Renee in this movie is not the girl that's on the poster for the next movie? Uh, Gwen. And no, she is not. Neither is Ben Affleck. They're totally ben Affleck is not the same character yeah. here either. Neither is Jason. And Lee. I think, no. I think okay. Jason. Yeah, I was gonna say Jason yeah. Lee is a different character. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They have different yeah. names and like. Okay. Yeah, it'll make when you watch the movie. Yeah. 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 You'll see. They're totally different people. Well, Jason Lee is the same exact same character pretty much. But Nick, now what would you think if I told you that um, T. S. and his woman are on top of a roof? And they're arguing, and T.S. is dressed up as some colonial, like a uh, Civil War reenactment thing. With and a he's rifle. got a fake, and, and he pisses off his girlfriend because his girlfriend's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So, I, what's your name? I keep forgetting her name. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Brandy. 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 He's like arguing with Brandy, T.S., and our, Brandy are arguing. And then he grabs her to get her back, Nick, from behind. And he's like, hey, stop. And he gets his musket. His, his like uh, fake musket that he's using because he's dressed up as a Civil War dude or whatever gets the musket caught in her hair 
and then they're trying to get the musket out of her hair and they end up aiming at the governor and then the governor's secret service are around her and they're like oh there's a sniper up there and they start shooting at them on the roof and they I have think- to avoid <laughs> the if, if you were to tell me that i would i would i would very respectfully ask you to not talk for the last of this interview <laughs> That is that sounds uh, horrible. That, is that sounds really horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh fun fact there too. Like I talk about like the line to the governor's mansion from the TV exec. The only other thing they couldn't edit around well, I mean I shouldn't say that because there's a very hard cut, obviously, on truth or date where you're like, wait a second, Brandy's shot is completely different, lit completely differently. Doesn't matter. Uh when they're in the parking lot coming back into the mall after seeing the third nipple in a TS is giving his rant. That guy comes up and he goes, aren't you the guy who broke up with Brandy Spenning? And he fucking punches him for no reason. The original line is like, aren't you the guy who tried to assassinate the governor or something? Yeah. yeah. He's referencing I, the governor. I feel like the that, media that is chasing scene, him down. Man. Yeah. That, that scene in, in the so theatrical weird. release, I feel like still works because like it's so, it, they make it seem like that world, everyone's so gossipy and knows everyone's business yeah. immediately. Yeah. 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 Just I so think it's still it. an escalation for the character. Oh, yeah. Right? No yeah point. Huge I, mean, I know he's having a bad day, but I don't think he'd punch the guy. Like, do you break yeah, up like Brandy's funny? Brody, maybe, but yeah. But, but totally, uh, totally. TS, that's a little weird. Anyways, though, uh, here we are. Yes. Uh, TS Brandy out front uh, as uh, he grabs her and says, Brandy's funny. Come on down. I'm taking your ass to Florida. And I always remember that for some reason. Uh, and then uh, they start talking, and it's very, she has no bags. He's like, where, or she has no bags. He's like, where are your bags? And then she, he's like, did you see Julie Dwyer last night at the, the, and he's like, yeah, I ran into her at the video store, RST video. Um, and and uh, she's clicks. like, yeah, exactly. Uh, she's like, yeah, did you say something about, camera, you know, her looking fat on TV? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I heard that, you know, the camera, I said something like, you know, the camera adds 10 or 15 pounds. Why, why did she drop out of the show? Because her you know, Brandy's dad is the one putting on this show tonight that uh, Julie Dwyer was going to be on. She's like, not exactly. And instead, she flipped out, went to the YMCA, and just started swimming laps. And in the middle of her 700th lap, she had an embolism in her brain and dropped dead. She's fucking dead. Uh, yeah. And so. Wow. She's dead. My, 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 uh, my dad needs somebody to be on this show. Uh, we get some cutbacks in now of Michael Rooker using that footage of him doing the karate in the bedroom of him in a towel in his bedroom doing his karate. Coming off. And I'll exactly. tell you, Greg, this ass. is the thing that when, when, I, when I watched this movie as a child, I was like yeah. Kevin Smith. As, a, as an overweight child, I was like Kevin Smith gets me. Because there was two things that defined Nick Scarpino when he, was yeah. in, when he was young watching this movie in 1996. One, super overweight. Two, love doing karate nude. Right out of the shower, into the mirror, loved it. And when I saw Michael Rooker doing that, I was like, I'm not alone, Tim. I'm not alone. Yeah. Nick, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I'm all about that shit. Yep. All contests all over. Yeah. Nothing I I, I love more than Kevin and Nick together (laughs) naked karate. It's the best way to examine your form. And then do some katas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um. So we we have the establishment here that Julie was going to be on the dad's show. Now he needs a contestant. Uh, T.S. like fuck your dad's probably pissed. I know he hates me. He does this weird look around. Again, we don't know anything about the governor stuff and why he would really fucking hate him. Doesn't matter though. Uh, did you find a way to calm him down? Yes, I agreed to be on the show. T.S. blows a gasket. How could you agree to be on this show? We're supposed to go to Florida. I had something planned for Florida. She's like, I. What do you want me to do? I have to help out my father. This is his entire career riding on this. This is what it's got. If I had to do this or whatever. And then T.S. escalates it too far, calling her a daddy's girl and saying, oh, she, he, she has no backbone and always gives in or whatever. And he, and he thinks it's sick. And she's, you know, I, you know what I think is sick? This relationship. And so they break up. 
Sick, she goes back in the house. TS is all mad and gets back in his fucking weird ass station wagon, <laughs> clearly borrowed from somebody's parents. Uh, <laughs> we then cut to uh, Brody Bruce's uh, bedroom where Shannon Doherty uh, knocks on his head to wake him up. And uh, I, uh, yeah, Renee, I was getting caught up there. Uh, Renee knocks on his head to wake him up. And uh, he comes to me, Jesus Christ, <laughs> slaps it away. Brody living in my, my fucking room growing up, comic posters everywhere, a fucking Sega right there, just chilling out. Uh, fucking Sega kid, am I right, Tim? I know, right? Yeah, you are sad. Yeah, well, Nick, sad. what was it like having the on when you lined up to get the ColecoVision on day one? Right, you were seventeen. <laughs> what was that like? Was that a big deal for you? <laughs> yeah, did, you get, did you have your first son yet? Did you bring him? <laughs> okay. okay, my first son. That was He's good. So fine, there's more than one. Fine, so that there's more than one. <laughs> Anyways, we enter into a conversation here. Of, uh, well, first off, Brody didn't want to be woken up, right? He, but you promised me breakfast, Renee says. And he's like, uh, whatever. And they start having their argument as they're already not in a healthy relationship. Uh, Brody digs around, finds his controller, turns on the TV, and has just one of the best fucking lines of all time where they started back up. She's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I'm finishing my game. So he promised me breakfast. He goes, breakfast come and go, Renee. But Hartford, the whale, they only beat Vancouver once, maybe twice in a lifetime. <laughs> I'm up, he's up 12-2 in the middle of the second or whatever. <laughs> Uh, this escalates more. You hit in the bathroom. She always goes to the bathroom for some reason. No, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't want your mother to see me. I'm, I've never met somebody who lives in this much fear as their mother. They go back and forth again, setting up this while she starts putting on her pants and moving this uh, thing around to cl- crawl out undetected, right? And he asks, like, what the hell, What do you do in the bathroom? And she finally lets him in on what she does in the bathroom and starts explaining. She goes in there and thinks about all the surgeons and doctors and people who are making a difference in this world, right? And she cries and he goes, you, Jesus, yeah, I'd hate to tell you what I think about in the bathroom. Uh, I cry because I have nothing better than to fuck you. And so she throws a letter at his face, slides out the door which or the window, which is actually, I think it was uh, Scott Mosier or Kevin Smith. I forget who pulling her out the window because uh, there's no possible way to get no out way. that gracefully. Such uh, a weird looking thing. Yeah, right. But it's just a, it's a line, you know, obviously put in there again to show that like he hides her from his mother and everybody else. Right. Sleep, sleep slip in after dark. I will say but, shout out to Shannon Doherty in this, though, because I think she's yeah. really good. I think she's I, probably the best actor in this whole film. Um, which and I like uh, Ben Affleck's in this Batman. Ben Affleck's fucking terrible. In this, <laughs> he is in this. <laughs> he's so well, I mean, he's, I shouldn't say terrible. He's not terrible because everything's like when you compare it to Clerks. So this is fucking Academy Award winning as far as the acting is concerned. But like. But Shannon Doherty was such a big deal back then. I oh, mean, yeah. This is her. Was she still doing Beverly Hills 90210 at the time or had that just wrapped? Because I remember I remember thinking, wow, Shannon, because this was, by the way, you guys, you guys don't understand this. But like this was back in the time when like you didn't cast TV actors to be in movies. So to see Shannon Doherty in this, I was like, oh, my God, they got Shannon Doherty. And like, that's such a weird crossover. Thing. This, like, she left Beverly Hills in 94. So this okay. is a 95 movie. So no. There was a okay. joke that I never understood until uh-huh. uh, last night where I looked it up. Where um, Willow? Yeah. She calls me Rick. Rick. Brenda? 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 Dick. Well, apparently Dick. that was the name of the character in 90210. She was, she was uh, yeah, uh, Brenda uh, Walsh. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Walsh. I didn't know. Yeah, it was very odd. They were very, they were brother and sister. They were way too close, and a lot of us theorized that they were making out on the side. We didn't, oh, we yeah. didn't theorize, theorize that. Us like fantasized about it at night. Remember, <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen moved in, and they sold that connecting oh. bathroom. And one day, uh, he opened it up, and she was in a bra and panties there, and like garter belt for some reason. And it, you're like, this ain't God. Saved by the Bell no more, Kelly Kapowski. Let's see what's up. God, that was good when they brought her back. Anyways, I digress. Um, you sure do. So, yeah, okay, so they've broken up. Uh, the letter's been thrown. Uh, then we cut to the outside. Time has passed. T.S.'s stupid fucking car pulls back up. He comes out. He pulls in the driveway. He gets out, knocks on the door. 
it, it, look at this it's ts and brody they're friends uh they go down to the basement uh, he hits uh, ts hits his head on the thing coming down and then uh brody says usual vault rules apply touch not list ye be touched speaking to his amazing comic collection uh and to which uh, ts Kevin called Smith's him a, collection in real life ts uh you know insults him for it of being such an anal retentive bastard <laughs> brody's got the line of like hey man i tried to teach you how to handle comics in the in the fifth grade but no no somebody wanted to play a little league and again just hitting so close to home for me right uh do you was that was that part later that comes up where it's like these things should have boards in them was that oh that's at that the, that, that the, the dirt mall that's that when yeah, they're at the, the shit mall the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. one one more note not just mm-hmm. kevin smith's collection the collection that he originally sold to make clerks and then re-bought. rebought. Yeah, that was really yes. cool. Um, Brody collapses into the couch, uh, getting we're, we're getting wet really up in these boxers with this camera shot that'll come up. Uh, meanwhile, TS notices immediately that he has a framed letter over there and is like, "What's this?" And he goes and he says, "Oh my God, Renee dumps you!" And they start and she and they start going back and forth. And Brody's like, "Yeah, you know all this other stuff." You'll notice she insults my uh, dick, but it comes after the financial question, proving once again what women really look for in a man. And then uh, TS has a <laughs> she called man she calls you callow. He's like, "I thought that was the only part of the letter that was complimentary." And, and he, <laughs> find what callow is that's like uh, well, that's like one line that i enjoyed <laughs> yeah. uh ts claps on the couch right i too am now in the framing business holy shit brandy dumps you uh they go back a little bit and forth about yeah this is what's happened blah, blah, blah. weren't you supposed to go to florida yeah we're gonna go today it gets worse i was gonna propose um then we get into the crassness of this porky's thing of like let me ask you a question you ever fart in front of her uh and then it turns out uh that uh, Brody never once farted in front of Renee, not once, but last week he let one slip, and today she dumps him. Uh, TS is like, she wouldn't be that shallow. Uh, he, Brody's like, well, she was going down on me at the time. <laughs> and, and, and he's what? what can I say? When I'm relaxed, I squirt. Uh, if you if she dumps your ass, that's you know the uh, least or that's you got off easier, light or whatever. Uh, then it is the question though. Again, as we get, we're hauling through this movie as they told them told them to make this movie go. <laughs> you know, it would ease our uh, pain. Ritual suicide? No, you idiot. The mall. Oh, I prefer ritual suicide. Come on, they got these new cookie stands at the cookie stand. You gotta try. Fucking hard cut. We are at the goddamn mall. <laughs> we have made it to the Eden Prairie Mall. Of and course, how not- long is this into the the theatrical minutes? 15 Maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first act turning point. Like all this stuff has been set up. We've set up all the characters like a traditional movie. And then we're at the fucking mall. And of course, the first couple people we see is Jane's Island Bob. Also, they, is this where they have the discussion that I really think we should spend a lot of time about, which is that is the cookie stand. Part I of mean, the you're way part. ahead of the movie. Like, you know what I mean? This is why you can't go off book like Greg Miller. All right? Well, Nick, sorry, Greg. Nick yeah. in the uh, in the extended cut. Uh, Andy, we've the, asked you to be silent for the rest of the movie. About <laughs> the, the media is is trying to find TS because oh he tried shooting this. the governor. So they go over to Brandy's house and and they're like, damn, the media is here. The paparazzi, they're going to try to talk to me. And then Jason Lee's character, Brody, is like, I'll go talk to the media. You sneak in uh, to her house in the back. And that's when they see Michael Rooker it's so doing upsetting. the karate stuff. And then they the media ends up recording Michael Rooker and and brody's telling the media sounds... that michael rooker does satanist uh satanistic rituals satanic rituals it's it's very very weird it's very another hard. good point that like i forgot about actually because i you know i didn't see the extended edition like anybody else for years and years and years and years 
uh, there is another line there. You're right, because in the extended cut that I haven't watched in also years and years and years, right? He tells the media he's the neighbor, which isn't true. Mm-hmm. And then, so then yeah. when later on in our movie, the real movie, when he walks up with a chocolate covered pre- pretzels and he's like, "Oh, my neighbor," I always thought it was a weird presentation of neighbor. And then why would you fucking bury your neighbor that like this? A in lot fact, more. It wasn't sense. a real neighbor. It was a tie to this whole. Yeah, I just always, I just always thought they lived in the same neighbor. Like all of them Me lived too. in the same. Me neighbor. too. Yeah, no, totally. I, I thought for sure that they like so next door or whatever. Yeah. What a strange thing. Anyways, we arrive at the mall. Uh, we walk in and immediately bump into Shannon Hamilton, the proprietor of fashionable male Ben Affleck, here in a giant oversized gray suit, also sleeping on Kevin Smith's so couch at, while this is being filmed and hearing him in because Kevin Smith was dating Joey Lauren Adams at the time, getting big fights all the time. <laughs> and he left a very it's, nice thank you note, I guess, when he it's left. It's crazy. The amount of big suits that I've consumed in the last couple of weeks with the Michael Jordan documentary Why with Ben Affleck. Oh, they're so big. They're so huge, these suits big suits uh they get cool they man. get into this scuffle here they run into each other uh spills his beverage a little bit uh brody's he's what you got something all right uh, shannon hamilton what you got something to say brody's like about a million things but i can't express myself monosyllabically enough for you to understand them and then they just leave even though eventually he was ready to kick his ass this seems like it would have been the perfect setup or whatever uh they separate there ts gets the rundown from brody of that's the, this asshole from fashionable male and upscale wannabe shop on the second floor uh and he's you know what do you want to do first i want to go back to brandy's uh brody's like you listen you face forward or you face the uh possibility of shock and damage and turns around and immediately runs into a girder uh he gets knocked down <laughs> such a good moment and if you listen to the commentary that's another one of their like gags they put in for themselves that that dude with one fucking steel beam walks behind every shot of like every time they talk about the stage he's just like walking around with this fucking trust guy for no reason yeah yeah uh but it's also like not the trust it's not the trust they even use for the stage it was like not at all it's like shitty dj trust that you you can only put up like five feet in the air (laughs) which is by the way nick's dj name the way he looks right now shitty (laughs) dj DJ trust Trust. (laughs) i'll take it andy Andy, your alternate reality what's been going on in your movie world (laughs) what happened this way do they go to fucking mars and try to mine (laughs) for hydrogen (laughs) will smith shows up it's crazy brody sits up and goes what the hell was that what the hell's going on the cover this is Brody's mall, right? He knows everything that goes on here, but somehow he's missed the fact this is happening. TS has the incredibly awkward line of, it looks like a stage is being erected. <laughs> they look over, there is a stage being erected. Why is that happening? Here's a soul that would know, and they head over, and it's Willem staring at a 3D uh, magic eye picture. Of course, Willem will be in the movie Vulgar later on. He will be in Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World he man. will be in Gotta love uh, it. My Name is Earl with Jason Lee mm. later on. Mm. Uh, he will also lose a ton of weight and look great. A lot of these guys. This is their first acting, like in a movie, right? Yes, I'm not. I think I I believe so. I think Ben Affleck. That's the story here too. Like I can't remember though, and I didn't want to speak out of turn. Yeah, but yeah, and like I guess too that like apparently. Willem put all the or the actor put all those like stains on his shirt on his own. Kevin Smith's like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> like, I guess that's what this character is. Sure, whatever. So Willem's sitting there staring at this uh, magic eye thing that, of course, were a big hit in the '90s. Everybody, I don't know if you remember. I love him. Um, Nick Fun was super book. cool. And uh, we're, he's there staring at him. Uh, Brody and uh, he has caught him off guard for a second, and then they, they want to do the whole thing. What's going on? Yeah, it's, if you look at it, you'll see a picture. TS immediately sees the sailboat. Willem gets super pissed. He's been staring at at it from opening to closing forever. He can't see a goddamn thing. But today's his day. He packed a lunch, brought a soda. He's going to sit here until he sees this fucking thing or goes blind trying. My, my favorite <laughs> fucking line in this whole movie 
Yeah. The kid's like, a schooner. And he's like, it's a sailboat, you dumb bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, jokes like that, just, I, like, I, lo- I, I love the style of comedy like that where it just reminds you of old school Sandler movies, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. moments oh, like yeah. that are so, like, that, that same sort of style of comedy. I also forgot that Willem, remember the Titans as well. I just looked him up now, and Jesus Christ, he's yeah. jacked. Yeah, he's got, yeah, like, he's, he's he looks great weight, now. That's crazy. Yeah. Supply is his name, or Ethan Supply? What's his name? Ethan Supley, yeah. 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 Um, I read a piece of trivia somewhere, and I could be completely wrong because apparently we all watched 15 different movies, but did they try to cast was, – was Adam Sandler originally tried – they tried to get him for this yeah. at some point? Yeah. I, I think they were I trying to do too. like an Adam Sandler, Chris Farley thing for this. Huh? And they were trying to get Seth, Seth Green to be um, Jay, and Kevin oh, right. Smith was super fighting it, and then eventually Jay won out. Like, even the studios are like, God. Yeah, it has to be him. Uh, it would have been hilarious okay. if they cast fucking Seth Green as Jay. They just recast Jay all of a sudden. It's terrible. Um, all right. So then, uh, yeah, he's going to see the goddamn thing or go blind trying. Uh, what's the deal with the stage over here? It's not a stage. It's a sailboat. No, over here. Oh, they're doing some stupid game show, Truth or Date. That actually is Brandy's father's show. That's where Brandy's going to be auctioned off there. It's all happening here in the mall. Oh, my God. Uh, what, what, what do we got to do? We got to stop this show from happening. Well, I can't do that. I'm already in the doghouse. If I fuck, this is TS. If I fuck up the show, then, like, of course, uh, Brandy will never be with me. Her father will never allow it. And, and Brody's like, you're thinking too hard about this. We hire somebody else. To, we fucking get a hitman to <laughs> ruin this show. We're off scot-free. Nobody knows you did it. Show doesn't happen. Same outcome regardless of credit. And he's like, well, what? who would be the hatchet man? And he goes, not hatchet man, hatchet men. Then we are introduced uh, once again in color for the first time to Jay and Silent Bob rocking out, yeah, on the kitty glass. <laughs> not, 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 dancing, slapping into the glass. Kevin Smith in this weird giant black trench coat rather than the coat from before. I love um, that it's a giant leather trench coat. Yeah, that. right. Right. So it's like it's not only is it super big and super obnoxious, but it's also probably very heavy and very hot. I can oh, see God, Kevin God, wearing God. that as a, as like his new thing. And <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm too short like. to wear trench coats, and it breaks my heart. Kevin, we can get. Have you ever heard of a tailor? We'll get that thing pop. No, the feet. Nick, I've tried He's on several trench coaches around. that are are the right size. It just makes me look really short. It's it's Kev, a design thing. Out. I'm listening. Hear me out, Kev. Trench coat. Yeah, we got the and you got a cape as well. You get that cape we've always been wanting, right? The, the, the little uh, the fashion, the fashion, cape. yeah, ma- fashion male capes cape. yeah. with the red shoes. Don't do that, Kevin. As your friend, I'm saying don't. Do <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't. I don't hate it, Andy. I don't hate it. What about a highwayman <laughs> trench coat, like one of those big Western Ooh. trench coats that also has the cape built in? That'd yeah. be cool. Undertaker. Maybe we could use some cowboy boots. Now we're yeah. talking. Oh, anyways, here's James on the Bob. Here's Brody and TS. Uh, they start talking. There's a lot of awkward stuff here. Brody, obviously, really tight with Jay and Bob. Uh, Jay stage dives into him. They push him off. Bob's doing a guitar thing. There's a Wolverine uh, berserker here where he's a- a- imitating his anti-mat am clause. But I love that he has to tell you what it is. He's like, see, what he's doing here is, is Wolverine <laughs> yeah. berserker. I, yeah. I was like, that's when so... I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that's that was called. Yeah. But well, exactly. At the time, nobody would have thought the fucking the little throwaway like naming too, where he's like, "Should I call you Weapon X, Logan?" He's like, "No, Wolverine." And it's just like, oh, he's fucking nerds. I love it. He's fucking nerds. 
Jay, Jay, Jay Muse will go on to name his daughter uh, Logan. That's right. Um, Weapon X. Well. <laughs> uh, but here it is presented of like, right, we want your help. Can you ruin the show? Oh, we're going to do that anyway. <laughs> Why? Just because. Okay, cool. Uh, Silent Bob has figured out that there's a, a weakness in it, like the fucking Death Star. One pin, you pull it out, biggity bam, the thing collapses. Everybody's happy. Uh, the only problem is LaFours. Who's LaFours? You don't know who LaFours is? They don't know who LaFours is. LaFours is the best security guard in the business. Has a whatever it is, a, a forty-nine uh, people. I already Arrest. got two kills. Yeah, and uh, I love this guy by the way because he was in every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Was he? He was just like a yeah. He was like a random dude that Schwarzenegger I think used to lift with, and Schwarzenegger like threw him into movies. His name is Sven okay. something. I think that's him. But I think he was in. Um, I want to say he was in uh, Running Man. I might be mistaken. That continue. No, I'm looking. LaForce is, yeah, Sven Ole Thorson. I got my IMDb. Yeah, I think he was a lifter. I think he knew Schwarzenegger, and they were like back in the day. Um, so, yeah, they're they're in to destroy it. They'll destroy it for it. They'll do anything. It'll be great. Next time you pop your old lady, or pop your old lady, make sure you call her Jay Snoogans. Oh, this is also when all the Snoogans, Snoogans. and shit start. Fucking great. <laughs> Snoogans. It's definitely all of a sudden the characters Snoogans. go in a very different direction of where we knew them from clerks. Not, I guess, that different, but different. This is to me where, like, you you finally re- like, this is Jay and Silent Bob that we know. This is the beginning. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. The original was like, you're like, okay, they're trying to be, they're trying to make these characters have a little more edge and they're drug dealers. And they just sort of like embrace that these two are idiot knuckleheads and they're going to be comic relief from here on out. Right. They're not really a threat no matter how so they may yeah, yeah, portray themselves. World. Exactly, all, Tim. I don't get all it. of those. Uh, all of those, the Snoogans and all that. Yeah, you could just tell that those were like inside jokes that they had with each other. And oh just yeah, threw them into movies. Like if we were to have a movie, there'd be a lot of Mima. There'd be a lot of Mookie. <laughs> there'd be a lot of Uchi Buchi. I'm just kidding, Mumu. <laughs> <laughs> like, my favorite though is when he's like, he's like Nooch. He just he just randomly like well, the, the funny of, like, thing Scoochie is Bucci, he just shortens it to Nooch. <laughs> th- those are added in because that's how Jay. Uh, Jason Mewes actually talked. He would say oh, yeah. random things like that. And when it was added yeah. in, it was Kevin, like, Jason was like, I, I don't think I can say this. And it's like, dude, you say these things. This is how you go around talking. Yeah. And a lot of <laughs> reflection. So yeah, like we did like a cool Greg movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, they're going to ruin it. That's great. It's finally good to make good on the cookie stand uh, a bit from earlier because, of course, this movie's all about, you know, paying off on things they've said. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, Brody and T.S. get their cookies from the cookie stand and start to walk to a bench while discussing, of course, uh, what's bound to come up. Uh, no, it, there, I'm telling you, there's no way it's bound to come up. They're engaged. Uh-huh. There's no way Lois could have Superman's kid again. Like I'm, in the, I'm watching this on in a VHS. Like I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe a, a conversation I'd want to see in Wizard is happening on the silver screen right now. Uh, but yeah, he'll bl- <laughs> he's you know he'll blow a lope like a shotgun to the back. Only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom, but that would kill him. Um, they talk a little bit more about that. One woman has a strong enough uterus to carry his child. Um, and then they're doing, uh, um, TS is like, I can't believe I went from, uh, from the verge of hot flirty and sex with Brandy to quadal, uh, man of steel debates or about man of steel sex life in the, in the food court. 
And Brody immediately sees the air in this and goes, Cookies and Sand is not part of the food court. Then it's the argument of, <laughs> no, yes, it is. It's an eatery. Eateries count as part of the food court. Eateries that operate in, within the said designated area are part of the cookie stand. <laughs> the cookie stand's upstairs. The food court's downstairs. It's not like we're talking quantum physics. Those, <laughs> so and, see, those, and those lines of like like mundane dialogue are, yeah. what I, are what I've enjoyed about these movies so far. And I just feel like there wasn't enough of that in this movie. Well, right. at least they try to make this into a, like Tim was talking about earlier, right, of like a bigger budget where going to use this thing but yeah and i think they lose like i'm talking about the heart of clerks where uh, exactly i w love this conversation i love the argument about comics i love all that that's where i wanted to see him stick more with agreed uh, however yes the cookie stand's not part of the food court the food court is the food court it's clearly all the eateries gathered together right? now the question is this though because at the mall that we go to uh stonestown yeah the, the cookie stand is just a little bit around the food court but it's not in the actual quadrant of the food court where yeah, do we come here's down the thing there is I still no... think that one's that one counts because it's yeah. attached yeah I was if there was say... a store in between it would not count Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, just like eater, eater, eater. Yeah. No. Just like cookies rule everything about me is downstairs. That is it. That, that is yeah. Court. Not part of the food court. Um, that is, that's horseshit. But one question I have for you guys is: they're adding a second food court. What? Does this they change should. the dynamics of of the like what food court A and food court B? Like, how are we going to mm, handle this? Corner. Yeah. No. Fa it'll be fancy food court. It's just like Ooh, downtown you think mall. So? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, two food yeah. courts, same mall. Oh, I love fancy food court. Does I like the... spending $20 on a fucking bowl of Chinese food. Remember when they had that Bristol Farms there? You could just walk in and get food there. You know, I, lo I loved that they until I saw a homeless person literally yeah, just eating it. out of the uh, the deli. Like yeah, he was yeah. just, That's there was horrifying. the sushi area with the, with all the pokey and he was just putting his hand in there and eating <laughs> out of it. And Please I was like, don't, don't share never eat here again. I hate it. Ever. Uh, anyways, in the middle Pokey. of this, yeah, Brody goes, now, if you want to wax poetic about it and then cuts himself off and because he looks across the way and sees Renee, his now ex-girlfriend in a clothing store, uh, Brody go, or uh, TS goes, what? And he goes, cherchez la femme. And he gets up there and goes in there and, uh, you know, it's Shannon Doherty's Renee. Uh, that would look awful on you. Didn't I dump your ass this morning? Uh, they started uh, bantering back and forth about uh, possessions he needs back. Uh, his Punisher War Journal number two or whatever is remote control to his TV. She's like, if you if I have any of that shit, it's because you left it at my house. Then he goes, we have to go over uh, shared visitation rights or custody rights. And she's like, of what the mall of the mall? And he has the line of like, I'll take what is it? I'll take uh, odd days and weekends. You take even days. Now, if there's some special event like a boat show, he <laughs> 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 goes into the whole line line here, right? Of like, hey. Listen, I put up a lot of your shit, right? When you when it was prom night, you asked me to, that at the hotel prom night, you asked me to sleep under the bed in case your mom burst in. God. I did it. When you did it, when you wanted a strip tease for your birthday to the, the Mighty Mouse theme, I did it. Then she grabs his ear, right? But if you think I'm gonna suffer through any more of your shit now that we've broken up, you're in for a world of pain or hurt. A uh, fact about her that uh, that's really weird is while shopping, Renee is seen wearing at least three different outfits. Doherty had a clause in her contract that she could keep everything her character wore. So she came up with the plan that her character should wear everything she bought on her shopping trip. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. I think it's that's smart. That's how you think. Smart. I'm like, did you not make enough money on Beverly Hills 90210? You got to fucking <laughs> cheat yeah. Kevin Smith out of the extra 200 bucks. But it's not Kevin Smith. It's it so, was Miramax or whatever, right? It's but it's universal. so weird. Actually, I don't think this one this was universal? Miramax. Was this a different one? This is Universal. Focus. Right? Oh. oh, yeah, it's just focus. like different. This one, I think this one wasn't. Uh, but it, well, it, it was universal. Focus, and then Universal later did it. Um, it's on, so off-putting because at a certain point, you're like, did she fucking go home and change no. three times? Like, why would you? What what human being buys an outfit, changes into it, and then buys another outfit? And You've never into done it? that. You never point, respect, I never noticed. I never ever noticed changing your outfits. What I, I didn't notice until this last point when I was watching it with Dee, and she was like, "Did she fucking change clothes again?" I was like, "She did. She was wearing a white shirt earlier." And then at one point, 
she starts trying on panties. No, just that in was, the middle no, of the no, store. That's Gwen, I'm like, that's that's Gwen. Oh. oh, that's Gwen. That's right. Okay. But she's wearing yeah, was... panties underneath. Nick. So there's still, no contact. There's, a little bit there's of, no contact. There's a little bit of juju going on. There. And Nick, again, now what would you do because... if I told you that in the extended edition she wore a full NFL uniform <laughs> with shoulder pads? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. Anyway, we jumped that. That was a thing. Jay and Silent Bob's first plan of attack here to pull out the pin and bring down the. Or this is the one they're going to knock out with force. Yeah, they got right. the sock. Yeah, yeah, they're going to knock the, out the coins in it. So it's called the sock it. full of quarters. Uh, uh, they're filling up this disgusting sock with not nearly enough quarters to knock somebody out because they're fucking morons, right? Uh, Jay's got the big old blueprints that are funny and have a whole bunch of jokes on them when you read them. Uh, he's explaining the plan, of course. Uh, when they're about to go and filling it, a kid comes over uh, to look over the shoulder. Bob uh, mimes that he's going to hit him. The kid runs away. Uh, it's go time. Bob gets up, starts swinging the quarters, starts running. He's taking off his full speed. He's coming at LaFours with it. Uh, the kid sees what's going on and wheels out his wooden toy. Bob steps on that like a skateboarder from Back to the Future. He gets starts sailing out of control. Rather than hit LaFours in the head, he hits him in the hands and drops like the sack, this disgusting sock of quarters into LaFours' hands, who doesn't mind at all. And then he, out of control, shoots across the mall where he smashes into the first of uh, the female stores to break in on Gwen, where he smashes through a wall and Gwen is changing in there and she freaks out. Um, we're then back to um, uh, T.S. and um, Brody. God, I, I don't know why I'm stalling on it. It's funny, uh, though, because like, now that you, you put this in context of them trying to make a Porky's movie, these scenes make a lot oh, more totally sense. Oh, totally, right. Yeah, 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 when like, I was a kid, I always thought that was so – I'm like, it's so weird that they just randomly decided to show boobs here. Like, they didn't uh, need man, to I do – I don't think it's so this much. one. I think it's the next one. But I was like, I mean, Shada, I was always, I always thought Joey Lennon was gorgeous. And I was like, good that she would do this. But I always just thought, I'm like, this movie did not need just a random one off boob shot in it. I, I always, I guess it makes I we're not there yet. That's the next one. Ten year old I always thought she just... was, uh, I always thought she was Jennifer Tilly. No, like, very similar voices. Yeah. The, the way Tilly, they talk. Course, Jennifer Tilly, of course, did not star in the seminal film Biodome with, it's with Polly Shore. Point. And then I realized, oh, this is the this is the woman from Big Daddy, the one that ends up dating Adam Correct. Sandler, Big Daddy. She's great in that. She's great yeah. in that one too. Um, she also was dating Kevin Smith for a long time, right? Yeah. yeah Tim, as I said earlier, Tim, Tim, when are we going to when are we going to stop being cowards and do Adam Sandler interview? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, here's the thing: a lot of women in there. this movie. I'm like, anything's on the board now. Anything, like, we, man. yeah. Anything. No, Mr. but see, that sucks. I hate that you guys have comments. Unfair comments for me too. I don't like it at all. <laughs> um so now they're uh we're back to Brody and TS they're riding down the escalator the kid passes he's you know sitting Great. on the escalator tugging on it I hope his pants get caught in a bloodbath ensues <laughs> <laughs> kind of harsh don't you think not a year goes by not a year that I don't read about some dumb shit kid getting caught on the escalator and horribly killed so I don't want his parents to suffer this tragedy but they have to to learn how to manage their child uh as we come down though uh we are introduced to one Trish the Dish Jones this is uh, Trisha Jones who is Alyssa Jones's sister Alyssa Jones will be important next movie as we keep chronicling all these. Oh, things. let me write Wait, that hold one on down. Hold on a second. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, something funny that I, I noticed as you were doing this, Greg, when you do the plot, when you reenact quotes from anybody, they yeah. all sound like Randall from Clerks because all of these characters sound identical. Sure. Like they're all just like the same person, but like it just it's either like, shades of uh, yeah, exactly. I'll understand. Well, the Brody, like, the Brody character is essentially the Randall from Clerks. And uh, like these characters yeah. are exactly the same as the characters from Clerks. They're just slightly better actors. In uh, in the last in Clerks, we meet one of, uh, wait, what's her name? And the other Joan sister. Yeah. So either yeah. does she have two sisters? 
Yes, that is possible. Okay. okay. I believe you have to as well. I'm just 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 double checking the facts. Yeah, they're not the I, I never they're realized not that she was uh, Trish's or she was. If you um, want to get into the spider web too, yes, the the Jones sister from Clerks is there with Rick Darris, the trainer. Rick Darris is also the Rick Darris here who fucks Gwen on a pool table. Yes. So Rick Darris in this universe is the guy from high school that everybody cheats on everybody with. Yeah. Rick okay. Darris was hot. Yeah, yeah. he was. We, hot, we saw I mean? Rick Darris. Uh, Brody slaps the journal out of Trish's uh, hands. She calls him a dick. They sit down and we're introduced that Trish is a 15 year old who is writing a book about sex in the female orgasm called Borgasm, the study of the male mind or whatever the hell it is. And that she's sleeping with uh, basically a man from every age bracket and coding her research. And she's got a $20,000 advance. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Isn't this pedo- the pedophilia? Even if your parents know about it, is that legal? Can we no, use this legal? No, no, no. Definitely no. not. I mean, I no. don't think there's any state where your parents can just sign a waiver and let a yeah. 25-year-old bang your 15-year-old daughter. I think the DA would probably have a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's even in New Jersey. I forget if the extended edition goes into it or if it's just a deleted scene, but there's a scene at the end of this one, even when they do like the, it's in the what, where are they now thing, oh. where LaForest kisses Trish on the head because she he fucked her too. No, in like the you, extended vision, that that version, you, like, you see there's a cut to them fucking. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Well, there you go, everybody. Enjoy that. Um, <laughs> yeah, however, like a 40 year old man. Yeah. <laughs> This is the setup to be crass and talk yeah. about sex and have her little journal of eyelashes if she comes and fucking a house or outside. Because <laughs> this is some cutting edge research she's doing here on terms of what it's like to fuck people. Um, but they go back and forth about that, uh, basically introducing her, explaining that uh, kid, the kid is back on the escalator. Uh, the we continue, goddamn we continue to get the escalator the jokes, which is good. And that will go on every time you're at the mall. You'll see or hear somebody make a joke about that usually. Not anymore, probably, but back in the day. Um, anyways, this conversation goes on, and eventually it's back to the same thing of like you know, they're talking a little bit about the breakup, too, of how they're taking it and blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, all right, well, good, good luck with the comic book store. And I'm, you're here with no agenda, as per usual. I'm here for comics. Later on, she says, good luck with the comic book store. And, and so we leave off of uh, Renee. Have already, there already been a conversation here, right? Because is this the one where I threw it away like a parking ticket? Or that might be a conversation with Quinn. But it doesn't matter because basically Trish knows all about the breakup. And we walk away going, God, Renee's got a big mouth. And then it's a – and what does that mean? Good luck at the comic book store. And they walk to the comic book store and we're just basically turn to it. And he's like, and what the hell is this? And we turn the camera flips or whatever. There's a line there. It says one hour from this point, a whole bunch of people lined up. Uh, Brody immediately cuts the line, step aside, red walks in there. And then it's the classic. You tell him Steve Dave line from Walt Flanagan, right? Uh, Steve Dave being like, I was warned about you <laughs> warned. <laughs> and so it's basically, yeah, you know, you have to get the hell out of here whatever. You're not supposed to be here. We don't want you disrupting this entire event or whatever. Uh, fuck you fanboy and they start there's a pushing and shoving match eventually uh steve day blows the whistle the cops come over they're about to make some moves uh but and I, actually i blew past the line too wait just because you think a guy just because you think a guy reads comics he can't start some shit uh as it all starts to go and the, the police run over there we hear a scream from off camera there's a little boy caught in the escalator and they all run over there to <laughs> deal with the escalator good line too. Good really line. good <laughs> uh, at this point ts grabs a guy and is like what is going on don't hit me what is going on over here and he's like stan lee signing comics and uh brody is like just mystified that stan lee's there but we'll get those lines of dialogue in a second instead from here we jump to the next attempt hold on 
Sorry. Before we make that jump, let me tell you guys about our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are brought to you by Me Undies. Summertime dreaming. These are the days when visions of sunshine and surf dance through our heads, probably now more than ever as we collectively mold into our couches. But we got to keep the dream alive. Me Undies is committed to the cause by keeping you in a constant stream of uninterrupted, dream inducing undie comfort. I and along with many of my friends here, can confirm that me undies are the softest undies that I've ever owned. I like to adorn my body as much as possible with this undies fashion, including the lounge pants, the undies themselves, the socks, the shirts. It's just great. Kev, what you rocking today? Let me take a little look here. Oh, little pizzas. I got little, little polar bears. Ooh, I need, I need I to do laundry. I need to do laundry, so unfortunately, I'm missing out right now on the MeUndies magic. Mm, mm, so much magic, man. MeUndies are made from micromodal and an irresistibly soft, sustainable fabric that encases your nether regions in a cloud of comfort. It's magically made from trees. Another reason to give them a hug. There you go. MeUndies are offered in a range ah. of sizes from extra small to 4XL. Uh, MeUndies has a great offer for you guys right now. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning to get 15% off your first order. Free shipping, 100% satisfaction guarantee. MeUndies.com slash morning. And also, shout out to hymns. A common issue that men face but don't always want to talk about, you can think long about, long and hard about that one, it is ED. 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Um, so for some reason, a lot of guys turn to really weird solutions for this or do nothing when they can totally solve all of this with science. You can check out hymns and discover the tiny pill worthy of a big celebration. Uh, for is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, hymns connects you with real licensed doctors and FDA approved pharmaceutical products to treat ED um, and, and hair loss. Andy and Nick have been uh, doing the hair loss thing for a while. What do you guys got to say about that? Love it. Uh, I highly recommend these products. I've been using the Finestride, which is a prescription. It's very, very easy to get when you go to 4 uh, They'll connect you with that doctor, and they'll see if that's right for you. Uh, also, using the uh, shampoo, which I love, and the vitamins, which I can't get enough of. There you should look You, you should look back at that photo of, of Nick and Fran. Nick was thin up top. It was, it was getting to the point where it was like somebody <laughs> could play pool with my head. They yeah. could just use me as the old cue ball. I got, and, I got my uh, now I'm happy to say. That was, by the way, that was like 12 years ago. So I have more hair now than I had 12 years ago. I can honestly stand by that. And it's largely thanks to four hymns. I got my new my new shipment. I'm really uh, excited to get started on that new batch. But yeah, it's been working for me great. Uh, totally stopped. Uh, it seems to have stopped hair loss completely, which is great. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Really happy with it. You can try him today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash KFMS. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash KFMS. Forhims.com slash KFMS. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. You can see the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to per- went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Remember, that's forhims.com slash KFMS. There we go, Greg. So now it's time for the second plan from Jane Silent Bob. Again, we're back to the blueprints. The idea here is that Silent Bob will be uh, anchored to the top of the ceiling or the roof. He will swing across. He will grab the one bolt that is the Death Star weakness, pull it out. The entire stage will collapse. They will dance on the ruins and be amazing. 
um so we're from the blueprint to bob being up hoisted above by a very loose rope that would not do anything the way they nope. want it to but whatever he's got a batman helmet on right before he goes he opens his uh, jacket like a 1989 batman to have it like be a bat cape jumps off jay jumps up fly fat ass fly <laughs> bob so comes sailing across uh going towards uh goes right over the top of lafour's knocks his hat off lafour's just looks around at the breeze uh swings up narrowly missing uh the pin he needs to pull and instead smashing through fashionable girl or what is it gossip girl or whatever smashing through <laughs> into another clo- women's clothing shop right through the crotch of their model outside on the painting and busting in again to Gwen's uh, dressing room where she is, in fact, topless. Uh, she punches the top of the hat after calling him an asshole. And then we get the something just crashed into our uh, store. From there, we're down into the real food court. Uh, TS and Brody are there. Brody again just going, how could something like this slip get by me? The name amongst names. I must be slipping in my old age. Yeah, the fact that Stan Lee could come to his mall and he wouldn't know about it, which is quite embarrassing for how into the mall and comics Brody is. He really doesn't seem like he knows much about this mall. Because he also yeah. didn't know that this uh, pl- the show was happening there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, maybe he hasn't so. been there in a long time, you know? But he's also kind of a lazy shitbag. So maybe he just says he knows <laughs> yeah. a lot about the yeah, ball, but really doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He does point out later that, you know, he hasn't even made it clear in his friendship. He doesn't know. And he's, he's always talking out of his ass or sticking his hand in it. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know shit. Anyways, though, uh, while they're uh, lamenting the fact that Stan Lee could come to the mall and they wouldn't know, Jay and Silent Bob run into the food court, hide behind them. LaForce comes in giving chase. You could easily see them and it wasn't that far behind, but you know, fucks off. James on the Bob sit down after being told he's not there anymore. And basically that, uh, the, the human brown eye here is a walking calamity. We got to not do this. Otherwise it's liable to get us, uh, get us killed. No big deal. Uh, you know, it, it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. You know, thanks for the effort kind of thing. Blah, blah, blah. And so they're back to square one on stopping this thing. Um, while that happens, uh, they decide to leave for the next thing. I forget what. Jason and Bob stay there. Oh, it, Jason, Jason and Bob sit there. Is it that Jason Lee Brody sees Shannon? Yeah, the getting Hamilton? on the elevator. Yeah, she, so he sees from across the way uh, Shannon Hamilton and Shannon Doherty over there. Renee and Shannon getting in line for the elevator or whatever. Did, so I, I was looking at little facts and I uh, yeah. saw that Shannon Hamilton was a nod to Shannon Doherty because she had married some. Someone named something Hamilton. So her okay. name, very briefly, was Shannon T- Hamilton. That's Interesting. why hmm. he got that name. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Brody's basically like run a distraction on Shannon Hamilton so I can talk to Renee. What a tough task to do. Distract totally. this man Out of the so that I can get on the elevator yeah. with his, like, girl that he's trying to date so tough but luckily in 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 classic fucking ben affleck movie roles for this time period he's just a one-dimensional i'm an asshole and mad at the world so all he has to do is make eye like oh that's your girlfriend over there and they immediately get into this uh match or not even match really or just like shannon hamilton shouting down at t.s quinn have you heard the phrase the customer's always right here's one the customer's always an asshole while all this is happening, the door to the elevator opens. Brody swoops up, grabs uh, Renee, gets on the elevator, shuts the door, and she hits him with the bags, and they start arguing, talking about like everything wrong with their relationship, right, again, once again. Um, there's a great part in here of, like, the... Uh, uh, do you care when I, you know two major comic book labels are crossing she's running through all the shit that he cares about and like you know i took you shopping all the time yeah to the places you want to shop at you know fucking i don't give a sh- i don't give a i don't give a rat's ass or whatever about the dirt mall and his godzilla bootlegs or whatever and then it, it, you never i, I want to be told i'm pretty i want to this i want to you know it, blah, blah. i called you all the time renee my mom's asleep come over 
and, and Brody's like, this guy does, does all this in the span of one day. This guy already introduced me to my mo- his mother. <laughs> yeah. It's so great because they have a date. Like, yeah, they've been broken up for all of an, a two, three hours. Like two hours, yeah. He's, they've got a date at the cheese house. They've met. He's met her mother. They've gone shopping. They're doing all this stuff today. Um, and then it's more into the how they all play, stayed up all night playing video games, which has an enormous effect on your libido. My now we attack my libido. There's no libido to attack. No libido to attack. And they go at it each other to a cover of build build me a buttercup. And so they're in there having very awkward kissing scenes. And I forget why it's so awkward. I think maybe they just didn't like each other. But I remember on the commentary they talk about it. And once you hear Jason Lee talk about it, you see the way they just kissing to each other's like shoulders like they don't want like each other physically at all but well, the scenes if then, i remember correctly shannon doherty wasn't that nice of a person back in the day yeah i remember but, but that, i could you know. that could be making that up but i just remember people being like she's kind of mean yeah um so that's they're in there having sex outside more people are piling up for the elevator uh ts is there and he has a line you sure you saw her get on get on maybe she was getting off which immediately angers ben affleck's character again <laughs> as if, like come on that's a normal thing to say it's funny because we know what's happening in the elevator do you know what's happening in the elevator anyways uh we come in post uh sex uh Brody gets up dancing there. That was nice. Spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, that was too little, too late, too little. You said it was a good size, huh? Uh, the effort you, and she, <laughs> she drops the hard R here. The effort you are, uh, the effort was too little. Yeah. They too said late. that a couple times. Like, yeah, yeah, that was, you the know, time. exactly. It was a time period yeah. of like, yeah, you could say that. Um, uh, and yeah, it's the, but when a girl says it's a nice size, it's a nice way of saying it's small. Hey, she opens the door, comes off the elevator. Brody sees TS, grabs TS, pulls him on. Uh, Shannon Hamilton sees Brody in there, goes, but the elevator doors have already closed. Don't worry about him. He's, he's, he, he gave me something he forgot to give me a long time ago. He's harmless. Uh, however, uh, Shannon Hamilton's pissed now. He's got to go back to fashionable male. So he walks off and then R- R- Renee looks at the elevator and there's like, like silk stockings, like musical interlude of like, of like the, her thinking about pining, I guess for Rhodey or whatever. Um, now I, don't I, don't remember that. Some, I love by the way that, they, that I don't know if it's here or like later mm-hmm. where she talks about how Brody is a shit bag. And that the reason she's dating Shannon is because he has a career. And you're like, I remember thinking when I was a kid, I was like, I don't think that managing a fucking store at the mall counts as a career. I feel like up. a lot of managers that I've known at uh, like Stonestown or San Francisco, like that is their career. Like anytime, like I know that it's a bigger city, so the stores are a lot bigger here, I assume. But like that is a career path some people have chosen. Like they're not like 20 year old kids. They're usually like 40 or late 30s, you know, old really old it's I, that's never been my experience my experience always in, in retail is always like the person who was manager seemed old because you were 16 but they were 23 and they were like j- they just graduated and I'm, i just i just never thought of like managing a retail shop in the mall as being a career unless you were legitimately trying to work your way up the corporate ladder like if you worked but at the I, gap i and think like a surprising amount of, a, a surprising amount of people are doing that like certainly a lot of managers i know kind of are choosing to, to go that route I, I think the fact that Ben Affleck had such a uh, how he was really really intent on getting Brody to go shop there. He was like, "Oh, we got a sale. You should you should drop by." I think that shows that maybe Ben Affleck's got a bigger role in this. He's not just managing on the weekends or whatever. Maybe he's got some stock in the company. Shop. Oh, maybe yeah, it's equity. possible. Maybe man. it's possible, man. For a fun awesome. Greg aside, I'll tell you all this. So in high school, the tradition was that if you were the editor of the paper, like the editor-in-chief of the school paper, uh, it was always a senior. When you were going out, 
you would write this like stupid fucking fiction of like what the 10 year reunion and like where everybody was kind of thing. And I remember the way when I was my turn to do it, I wrote everybody in the class out and I wrote out like just my base idea for what their job was or like what their future thing would be and how great their lives would be and like usual shit, right? Where somebody's like doing a political campaign and all the dumb shit, like, you know, the, uh, amplifying what you know about the people you uh, deal with, right? And there was one kid I put in there that he was just the manager of one of these restaurants in town. <laughs> and it was totally that thing of like, I, I forget when I did it. I was just like, I'll get back to this later. And yet, and it totally printed with everyone having amazing jobs and lives and everything. And the one it was just like, like Tim Gettys works is the manager of Baker's <laughs> <laughs> all said. That was his only mention in the whole fucking story. Oh, great. And I'm sure it still haunts him to this day. Back, you know, the Spartan, whatever the fuck our paper was called. Is like that. I digress. Um, Brody and TS have been on the run now. They're in like the back channels of the mall in this weird dark place. But like how you'd always go and like final things. Uh, Brody's winded. He's talking to TS right there in the elevator, right there in the elevator. And they go back and forth a little bit about it. And I forget what insult brody or uh, ts does to oh you got this glow about you yeah, yeah it's not even insult you got this glow no i don't you, you love this girl you really dig her oh, no. and he keeps harping on the fact that brody actually has feelings for renee that he wasn't just fucking this woman i guess <laughs> and brody is like i suddenly want something very bad to happen to you uh pretty much immediately gwen who we've only seen in the dressing rooms <laughs> runs up uh grabs ts by the shoulders he turns around elbows are right in the breast oh, she drops holding her breast screaming about it you know me i freaking did she swings up hits him in the cock he falls down they're both in pain now because their their uh, sexual organ not that's not right their male and female parts have been uh, hurt here equally brody stands up kicks him that's what you get for fucking with me um they they're a little bit of banter and she and he and brody's like don't mind him he didn't mean to elbow you in the tit or he's not mad at you funny way to show me about me in the freaking tit he's mad that you know brandy dumped him I heard I know all about it. What do you mean you know all about it? Uh, I just ran into her. She's here. She's here for the show. Yeah, she's over by the stage. Uh, T.S. runs off to go take care of that and see Brandy. And uh, uh, then uh, Brody gets that moment of like, you want me to rub it? And Gwen knocks his hand away. In the the theatrical cut, does it... uh, In the extended version, there's a line where she says that the dad basically figured out that he was going to go propose... No, it's not in here. Okay, yeah. Right. What is it? Go ahead. Is that? Oh it no, no, just, I mean, it's it. just he figured out he was going to propose and like basically chose to derail it. Gotcha. Which gotcha. makes sense because in the like the theatrical version, that's not like it wasn't his choice to do that, you know. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing of like. Don't get me wrong. The extended version, I remember not resonating at all. But it was that thing of like, there's so many back to TS. Like, what is what is this guy? What's this fucking problem of like? When she's like, oh, yeah, I agreed to do the show. You'd be like, yeah, okay, that's totally reasonable. Like, clearly, you're not going to marry the person. You're not really dating him. But, like, TS can't deal with it, right? And it's like there's this weird push and pill of it. And this is a little bit more of it. Um, However, then, uh, yeah, he runs to the stage. TS runs to the stage where uh, Walt Flanagan is in another outfit now. Again, just like clerks wearing different outfits this time, looking like a terrible stage roadie or whatever, working on it or whatever, where he's moving the podium around. Mr. Fenning wants it over here, but he's like, if I put it there, the carpet will pop up or whatever. He's like, let me show you. Put the thing here, and then you, you put the carpet down by stomping. And he goes right through the hole. And as he's coming up, TS comes up, and he's like, where's Brady? Where's Brady? He's like, he sees him without doing it in a second. He fires Walt Flanagan on the spot. Give me You're fired. And he does this really sad like not like sad as in yeah. this is like over good acting walt does this and like runs off stage or whatever uh something i never noticed before they're all wearing very similar looking um 
Flannels. Flannels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the, in the commentary when so anyway, let me get there in one second because it's two seconds away. Uh, this is where the confrontation with TS and Mr. Spending happened, right? Of like, where is she? She's she got the good sense to pen you pack and yada yada yada. I don't like you. Obviously, this is the best thing that could have happened. You admit you're behind our breakup. Admit it. I'm as proud as I am. I'm as proud of it, it as I am this game show. But yeah, in the commentary track when they go back, they make a joke about like when. Uh, after the hole in the ground and they're arguing another guy walks up and he, he's like go fix the hole on the stage or whatever and i think it was jason lee in the commentary track but maybe somebody else is like look it's like inverse ts because it's pretty much the exact it's it, it's it's jeremy london jason Lund, J- jeremy london in his outfit the henley and the like yellow gr- grayish uh, flannel and then this uh african-american gentleman in a henley and you know, this thing and like one of them's like it's inverse like this is hilarious uh so the it's been re- revealed right that like all right cool and mr spending is kind of behind this or whatever um scott Mosier walks up as the stage manager who's like the little shit or whatever um he after confessing to all this like yeah he wants this to happen and blah, blah blah uh he yells for security drag ts out, out of that frame uh i forget what he wants immediately and he tells uh roddy 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 to get it and uh he's like uh-huh and he sits there and he's like well go get the fours oh yeah yeah thank you yeah. very much um this is when ts enters the lingerie store where gwen is trying on the underwear just in front of everybody putting them on pulling off putting off putting off and brody comes in he's wearing i would have been a sexy chick um brody's like hey you know there's whole rooms you could do this for gwen and she's like yeah there's some guy so desperate uh to see me naked he's busted in on me twice um oh and this was it too where they were talking Gwen and TS were talking alone for a second, right? And this is when she talks about cheating on him all the time when they dated that, you know, that no one remembers all these stupid stories like you guys about like when you were, were dressed as Smokey and you fucked the bandit or whatever. When someone fucked someone else in the middle of a party. Yeah, yeah. Nobody no remembers, one remembers that, that story. Yeah, yeah, like, Bullshit. That's the only story that I remember. Like, you remember that Halloween party? Is like, Would that be the one where, he, where you fucked Rick Darris on a pool table? Yeah, only you guys remember that. How can you forget Smokey fucking the bandit? Yeah, you look just like Burt Reynolds, except, except the mustache. for the mustache. Um, <laughs> Which is the so, most iconic part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so while checking out, uh, Gwen starts asking Brody about the Renee breakup. That's the I threw away like a parking ticket. And he, she's like, she wants the inside scoop or whatever. And he's like, he tells this really awkward story about spooning, right? And it was may of our introduction to what spooning is, but like. You know, when you sleep next to somebody, <laughs> have you ever, Gwen, have you ever slept next to somebody? Yes, Brody. I've slept with, uh, yes, Brody. And he goes, not, no, no, not slept beside them. Not just fuck them on a gaming table. <laughs> <laughs> this is the like, first time I ever watched this movie and actually concentrated on the clerk that's ringing them up. Oh, yeah, as he right. he tells yeah. the story. Yeah, 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 She does such a good job emoting. And she's such really a good, good job. Yeah, yeah. But he does the whole thing of it'll pop out of socket. It'll put it here. It'll fall asleep. Yada, yada. That's a metaphor for their whole relationship. Um... He's like, and then he just has the thing of, I need more soda. I'm going to leave. He leaves. That's when the clerk is like, I know just what he's talking about. Excuse me. And she runs out of the frame too, which again, I, I think I like more and more, the more, I, the more I've, every time I see that, I do the same thing of like knowing that payoff's coming to it or whatever. Um, we follow, right? Yeah. We follow Brody now to the mall food court. He puts his little Dixie cup down, fills with Coke, no ice. Uh, Shannon Hamilton slides up. Oh, I forgot too that Gwen had already introduced, uh, she knew Shannon, Shannon Hamilton. Uh, he, 
Oh, so did Trish too. Sorry. Trish introduced that she had slept with Shannon Hamilton. He has quite the distaste for Brody. Ew, he mentioned me during sex. No, afterwards, he wants to beat your ass. Didn't film that as well. Trish films all the sex things. Gwen had had a run-in with Shannon Hamilton. Also, uh, I should have put that. Both of them uh, fucked in a very uncomfortable place. What? Like the back of a Volkswagen? Um. So then we have that information now of that he, he's on the lookout for him, even though he ran into him at the very beginning of that the movie. It doesn't matter. Um. Shannon throws Brody into a back hallway of the mall, punches him a few times, t- basically tells him, like, it's fucking over, man. I got Renee. I'm going to fuck her in a very uncomfortable place. <laughs> uh, beats his ass a little bit more. Uh, then we cut to T.S. and Gwen, right? No, 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 we don't. We don't. Couldn't tell they, you, Craig. They, <laughs> <laughs> they get beaten up there. Um then Brody is post beat up in the candy store with Jane Silent Bob there. Yep. And there the fucking Easter Bunny did this. He's fucking dead. And Jay's like slowly stealing Easter candy. Bunny did this. Yeah, so yeah. Good. Brody Brody's manufactured this story that the Easter Bunny beat his ass, of course. <laughs> oh, maybe this is where it happens. And then yeah, so Jane Silent Bob are like, come on, Jay Silent Bob, we're gonna fuck this guy up. They leave. Uh wait, TS Tim, you don't want to tell our anecdotal story about getting attacked by the bunny, the Easter Bunny? I was saying, Tim, you don't want to tell our anecdotal story about getting attacked by the Easter no, Bunny? No, it's fine. Okay, never mind then. We've told it before. Uh, T.S. and Gwen then run into frame. The Easter Bunny kicked his ass. They leave. What really happened? The proprietor, Shannon. Uh, oh, there's also another. You talk about watching the clerk's eyes here. or I'm sorry, the clerk's eyes in the last scene, right? And her emoting here. Something I never caught because I'm probably a dumb kid watching it. And I don't know if I would have caught it till uh, now. When uh, Gwen and T.S. enter silent bob and her have this unspoken oh yeah thing where he covers his where face. he does this and like yeah. she's like what and then when brody mentions that it was shannon hamilton that kicked his ass she's like wait i know him he tried to fuck me in an uncomfortable place yeah uh what like back of volkswagen um she's like oh shit look at the time i gotta go he's like oh sorry i mean you know i'm just bleeding to death here you're gonna be okay i'll be okay blah, blah. she she sh- shoots off then we're to the easter bunny right uh, who's here comes Mr. Easter Bunny. Terrifying right. Easter Bunny, by the way. It's such a horrible it's Easter Bunny outfit, right? Horrible thing. Such a such a horrible, horrible I feel like they nailed Easter it. Like that was that was what my Easter Bunny looked like. Yeah. Um so James on the Bob make their approach. Come on, guys, you gotta wait in line. They start beating on the Easter Bunny. The kids go, <gasps> they all run in and start beating on James on the Bob while they go, and that's a payoff to that. Um back on the other section. I guess at the end of that, T.S. must have said I had to go to the bathroom, right? Because then he comes out of the bathroom and Brody is there with chocolate-covered pretzels talking to Rowdy Rowdy, uh, Scott Mosher. Mosher's like, Mr. Spenning, would like to see you over at the stage, both of you or whatever. Like, T.S. like, all right, I'll be there in a second. Uh, he fucks off. Brody offers uh, T.S. a chocolate-covered pretzel. He takes one. Wow, these are melty. Uh, what are we going to do? What's going on? Seems like a trap kind of thing, but we got to go, so we're going to go. They go over there. Wait, um, doesn't, doesn't Brody have the conversation about the stink pump at this point? Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. You're right, right. He does inter- introduce <laughs> that. What, what should we do here? You stink palm. What's the stink palm? He shows him that it's shoving your hand in your ass, getting your fucking Juices. your sweaty ass crack juice all over your uh, hand, and then shaking Kevin Smith just loves butt stuff, you know? Yeah, he does, he does, he does. Doesn't, it's Tim. funny, Tim. It's funny. <laughs> And, and and then yeah you know and then you shake his hand and you know you, you, you sh- that's the smell that won't come off for whatever it is day, two days at least yeah. or whatever <laughs> while you yourself are left with a hand that smells like shit small price to pay for the thwarting of one's enemies uh so then they're like all right let's go do it but i'm not gonna do that they head that way and 
Brody's got the bag of pretzels in his stink palm and he's, he eats out of it like a horse out of a trough. And I'm, you know, I've based my whole cereal eating career off that. Hold on, 41's down. Oof. Oh, no, he's, ten- he's tangled in the court. All right, nice. Um, we head over to the stage. Mr. Svenning is there again, just talking to TS since TS went by himself. And again, it's a, more of the same from before, right? Of like, I'm sure you've fucked my daughter. You've slimed your way into my daughter's panties once or twice, probably in my own house. Yeah, um, again, the, ex- whole thing. the extended version adds so much to the scene where it's just like, it makes it like, it's, it's a much longer conversation that like the start of it. It's is just so long. Like, it's, it's so long here. Again, it's not long here. <laughs> yeah. None of the problems that you were talking about exist in this part, in this one scene. I'm not going to speak for the whole movie. Anyways, though, uh, Svenning lays the whole thing, right? Of like, yeah, you sucked. It's over. You got to move on. We'll all be better for it kind of thing, whatever. And right as he goes to call over for LaFour's and the team, Brody walks into frame, <laughs> high fives him. And then like, uh, they, oh, if it isn't my neighbor. And then there's this thing, right? And he starts to go, oh, damn, that's a fine ring. What is that? Oh, it's my <laughs> come loud 69. I also hope to come loud, preferably in a 69. Uh, uh, and they all like, they're fucking friends. And I was like, oh, they are neighbors. This checks out. This is tracks. But they, uh, but they also keep zooming in on the on the touching of hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> so we really get we get a few TS reactions oh, to how disgusting yeah. it is or whatever, right? It's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. And eventually he's like, hey, and aren't you a fan of chocolate-covered pretzels? Are those dark, 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 dark? No, no. And he's like, no, I insist. They're a little melty, but damn, are they good. And Svenning takes the pretzels and eats it and then licks all his fingers in extreme disgusting close-ups no. with his stink palm hand. And let me ask you this question, Greg. Yeah. How old were you when you watched this movie? 95, and I would have seen it. Uh, so, like, what, I would have been 12, 13? Did you think that, like, roughly 25 years later... You would be crying because Michael Rooker dies on screen in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I thought he was dead for it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Especially I when know. it was like, like understanding that that was what I knew Michael Rooker for. And even in the commentary where they're like, Michael Rooker. I forget what movie he had been in that was like a horror movie that was big for him. Slither, then, probably. Yeah. No, no, no. no. This, this is like in 95. This is oh, okay. when they're talking about it. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, my contextually, I remember him from this Slither and Days of Thunder. That was it. So when he popped up as Yondu, I was like, "Oh yeah, fucking that guy's still alive." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, special place in here, Tim. Right in here. Right there. Um. So yeah, he he's been stink palm. He takes the pretzels and as I believe in somebody who believes one good turn deserves another. Michael Rooker overacting and eating the scenery just snaps like this, and all the fucking security rushes in. They grab uh, T.S. and Brody. They drag them outside while Rooker and Mosier laugh or whatever. One quick, uh, just another thing about the extended version. There's a scene where, like, they they call in essentially a SWAT team, but they come as, like, I guess they didn't have budget to get a different outfit for them. And there's a scene where, like, a cop is gets from, like, a balcony is coming Mm -hmm. down on a rope. And it's just such stupid... So overdone, scene, overdone scene. Yeah, it's just it's funny. You mean um, like you mean when everybody's chasing them, right? When it... right before that, like as okay, the cops okay. are prepping. Like remember, yeah, we, yeah. we get like four cops coming into the entrance of the thing and parking. Yeah, and then that's still in this movie. The parking and oh, is them it coming in? That's yeah. at the end when they come in at the very, very end to come down all the aisles of the game mm-hmm. show. Maybe I'm mixing it up then. Okay, great aside. Um. So they get dragged outside, and once they're finally out into the Minnesota winter, that this is Eden Prairie, Minnesota, by the way. We were very close, and I almost went to this mall, but I heard it was no longer even remotely the same. Um, <laughs> it's New Jersey, though, canonically here in the Buskeuverse. Uh, they're dragged outside. And, me, Greg, about the huh? exterior of this mall. A little fact here. 
Uh, while filming exteriors of the mall, production assistants would stick paper New Jersey license plates on cars in the parking lot. Occasionally, unsuspecting Minnesota mall customers would drive away with the prop plate still attached. Awesome. None of that sounds legal or good. No, <laughs> no. no that's definitely something that if you guys said that was the solution and we were shooting a short film, I'd be like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know if with it this. is. Is it the but solution? Then you guys would talk me into it. And yeah, nothing we would 100 happen. Nick, I'd be like, Nick, Nick, you just don't know anything. Don't worry. If a cop asks you something, you have no idea. Plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Don't tell Nick anything he doesn't need to know. Uh, outside, uh, Brody's like, you can't just do this. I know you, I'm actually quoting Ghostbusters here when Janine's talking at the end of it. But anyways, he's basically like, you know, you can't just arrest us for nothing. At which point, LaFour's, you know, shrugs, takes off his hat, drops the thing of weed, puts his hat back on. And Brody again explains, oh, I know what's going to happen here. They're going to say these drugs that they confiscated from us. Or blah, blah, blah. And LaFour's is like, uh-huh. And then you hear, thunk. And LaForest goes down in frame, and it's Jason Muse Jay behind him who brings up the bat and goes, Come, son of Jor-El, kneel before Zod, snitchy bitchies, <laughs> and runs away. And great, when uh, you heard that line, did you squirt a little bit in your are pants? Are you fucking kidding like, me? Of course they did. A movie referencing Superman, the movie? Are you are Superman 2? Come on. You know what I mean? Technically, Superman 2. I don't remember that. Which part? Come, son of Jor-El, or Superman that, 2? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, son of Jor-El. That was it. It definitely was in the extended yeah. version, yeah. That was in the, okay, though. gotcha. Uh, so Jay and the Bob or Jay runs away. Security guards start to chase them. Two security guards stay with uh, T.S. and Brody. However, uh, uh, the Bob himself, uh, Vulcan nerve pinches them, knocking them out. Gets uh, our heroes out of cups. They've got to get out of here. Thanks, Jay and the Bob. They take off. Bob gives chase to Jay and is able to outrun <laughs> the police in a comical sense and LaFours and everybody else because he, of course, is uh, Silent Bob and, master- and masterful. Uh, he turns down an alleyway with Jay. It's a dead end. What are they going to do? Uh, Bob starts digging in his coat, pulling out uh, a vibrator, pulling out an uh, uh, inflatable woman. Uh, Jay looks back. The people are getting closer. Uh, finally, Bob has the great idea of the Michael Keaton 1989. Terrible, fucking. terrible fucking out-of-a-bag prop belt. Pulls it so up. So good, though. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you come here? Because, yeah, this, oh is your, this is your moment. Yeah. I fucking, the second they did this, I was like, wait a minute. They're, they're referencing the 89 Batman. I fucking love this scene. Of course, Greg, the, the yeah. scene where he and Vicky Vale, he, he uses the grappling hook, but he how goes, how much do you weigh? He goes, 108. He goes, okay. And he like adjusts it. And then they get halfway up and he's like, shit. And then later he's like, you weigh a little more than 108, which I always thought was such a lovely, fun little aside because he breaks character for one second as Batman. He's like, you weigh a little more than 108. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So they sh- they grapple hook up there. They just hang there while the LaForce and team come down and look around. They can't find him. Uh, they run away and Jay does the Joker's line from Batman 89, right? Where do you get those wonderful toys? And kisses Bob. We're then to uh, the, the New Jersey, uh, Eden Prairie-esque, I guess, Leonardo um, Flea Market. Uh, the Dirt Mall, as it's called later. Uh, Jay and, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Brody and TS are going to hang out here till the heat and the fuzz die down, right? And, and TS is giving shit like, I don't know why you come here. He's like, great buys, earthy aromas. And somebody goes, Brody. And he goes, eh. <laughs> well, hey, they know me here. <laughs> and this is where, yeah, he's they're looking through the thing. And there's a there's a gag here, of course, where Brody, one woman is reading comic books. Brody goes through the comics while talking about this and their various states of affairs. And being like, these need, these, these need, ba- these need bags, right? Ba- these should be bagged and boarded. While that's happening and they're having this conversation, T.S. picks up a hat, puts it on, then takes it off and looks at it. It's a clerk's hat from when they were in production. He, he does one of those and tosses it back on the table. Uh, but they're basically lamenting their situation in life right now, what's going on with their respective girls, and of course now the law and everything else. And uh, you know what you need? A little sage-like wisdom. So they go to Miss Ivana here, a topless fortune teller. Uh, outside, uh, T.S. is like, who would pay for this service? People like us. And he's like, you want to pay for them? 
Brody and TS go in there. It is, of course, Nick, who is the actress to hear? This is the woman from Three's Company, not Suzanne Summers. Oh, Christ. I looked her name up. I can't Priscilla remember. Barnes. Priscilla yeah, Barnes. Priscilla Barnes here. I wasn't thinking I would have, uh, I would have assumed this was all out of just the only the extended cut. I would me like. Too. Yeah, this is a weird scene, but uh, it always makes me laugh. It's motivation for our characters, right? Miss Yvonne is there to give them <laughs> but, some tea. Like, but there's also, there's, there's <laughs> also something about the way they each handle it that I really, really enjoy and I fit, feel like fits so perfectly to their characters where um, T.S. is just enamored in everything he, he's saying because what is she? what she's saying is wildly accurate and yeah. Brody can't get past the third nipple at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, she eventually gets to drop the act. She she takes off her top, and she has, of course, the third nipple. Um, when this happens, Brody, yeah, like you're saying, Brody goes from being super excited to super horrified. Uh, T.S. is, again, caught off guard by the fact she's actually on the money about everything she's saying. Uh, he eventually is, you know, how do we fix this, Miss Ivana? And she's like, you know, the outcome can only be uh, done through confrontation. Uh, he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pays her more. Uh, well, there's also the thing of like, you know, why aren't you, you, you know, Miss Ivano? Somebody like uh, with a uh, your type of skill set, you could be raking it in a bigger uh, mall or outlet or whatever. And she's like, well, I can only work topless, and it's the third nipple that does it. Oh, you have a third nipple? What? You, it's as clear as day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, yeah, so they get ready to leave. He pays her more uh, before she, they leave. Brody's like, do you have, do you have any? And she's like, any extra body, other extra body parts? No, but you can check if you like. Really? TS grabs them. They run away back to the real mall. Um, Miss Ivana then pops off the. Th- third nipple which is just something she sticks on and puts it in her mouth and i guess the scene yes. if i remember correctly either from deleted scenes or the commentary is supposed to go on a little bit longer and she's supposed to go mm, cherry because it was an it, it edible does. third nipple on top of it just being a third nipple stick on it Whatever. does that she, in the extended cut in the does extended okay. she does that yeah okay okay now okay. here's the big question for you greg i yeah. i remember her in three's company yeah but did she take over for suzanne summers because there was only ever two there was only ever three yeah there's so there was suzanne summers there was chrissy terry and janet janet was there the whole time yeah <laughs> was chrissy there the whole time too when did when no, no, did no, no, terry no, no. remember so it was it was the three of them jack janet chrissy to start suzanne summers yeah suzanne yes. summers got all high and mighty or something and wanted more money she maybe got, even she might have been in the right i don't remember but so season two she was just in by phone calls and then they got rid of her completely and that's when i think they brought on priscilla, priscilla Barnes to be terry right because i remember terry being like I was like, oh, what's up with this new girl? What's up with Terry? Because yeah, Janet, exactly. of course, always just sort of like the best friend. And because there was another one too, remember? Was there? Because she and I'm, I could be getting the orders. Compl- here, I'm, I'm on IMDb for hold on, <laughs> full stop here. We got John Have you ever Jack seen Three's Company, Andy? No, <laughs> me neither. It's fun. So, yeah, Wait, Tim, really? It's great. No. That seems like, is that not a Nick John Knotts is Mr. Furley? Are you kidding Wait. me? Always trying, Mr. Furley. So they had a landlord that used to live downstairs, and because it was Jack Tripper, it was John Ritter who lived with these two smoking hot girls. And so Mr. Frilly was always trying to get up there being like, I'm going to be a disciplinarian, but also like, I'll be, I'd be, if you like invited me to a party, I'd be cool. Like, I'd be cool. Mr. Roper, like, Mr. Frilly, Mr. Frilly, we don't want you up in here. All of All my right, knowledge. So here, stick with me, every, stick with me every, please, please. I need, I need the floor. Suzanne Summers was Chrissy Snow. She was in 102 episodes from 1977 right. to 1982. So then in 1981, they introduce Priscilla Barnes as Terry. She's in 72 episodes, 81 to 84. Then, they introduce. I lost her. Hold on, I had her. Wait, when was Rover they, on? They, they Cindy Snow, forty-four episodes, nineteen eighty-nine. Oh, that doesn't make sense either. 
See, I'm confused by all this because then I remember there being Mr. Roper and then Mr. Furley, but aren't those the same characters also? No, no, no. Mr. Roper was the first landlord, then Mr. Furley took over. Mr. Furley took over. I was more of a Roper fan because Roper was no fucking bullshit. He was just like, yeah. I'm going to fix your shit, but just be cool. Furley, I always kind of wanted to party with him. God bless Don Mounts. Yeah, 100%. I'm we'll get back to later on when we do. Are three. you guys all following this? Because this is important for later in the All month. right. So they now have motivation. <laughs> they know what to do. They go back to the mall. Oh, by the way, I've totally skipped out over a scene somewhere in here where Gwen was backstage with uh, Brandy and she was Brandy super broken up about it. And Gwen is very much like, I just saw T.S. He's here and he's super broken up about you. No, I, you know, he's one of the good guys. I would have dated him. There's not many good guys out there. Why don't you fucking date him again then? I would if he wasn't so hung up on you. Oh shit! Again, it's been all of two hours since all of this happened, and that's what I love so much about this. this is so angsty. I'm like, are you what? What? This is such a high school drama where you're like, oh, that person's single now. I love them. Yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Come on. Anyways, uh, T.S. and Brody re-enter the mall. This is where I was talking about earlier, right? Where it's the hey, aren't you the guy who broke up with Brandy Spinning? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like why and Brody's even like why are you doing this and he's like you heard Miss Ivana the only way the only way understanding reaches through confrontation that's how we do this blah blah we're gonna, we're gonna do all these different things so TS runs to the bookstore finds Jane Silent Bob um the last place they'd look for us uh he's like hey do you still no he he's like I need your help with this oh I need you are you guys up for getting stoned of course we are right look who you're talking to or some shit like that then. Um, we cut back to Brody, who's been left alone, who's looking in a lingerie shop and, and Stan Lee walks by and starts talking about it. Right. And they look happy, don't they? What the bras? <laughs> no, that couple. <laughs> and, sorry, Stanley factory here. Stanley can be seen looking to his left or right repeatedly while talking with Brody. This is so he can see his cue cards, not being a trained actor. Memorizing lines was very difficult for him. Uh, Jeremy London, on the other hand, despite being an experienced actor, forgot his lines repeatedly. Stanley initially did not want to be in the film as himself. He felt that the dialogue wasn't things that he would say. Kevin Smith responded that it was just pretend, to which Lee replied, okay, super friend. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. Um, so, G. <laughs> Stan and Brody have a conversation. There's a cut in here. He also, like, was married and, like, really, really happy and, like, later, like, publicly, like, said that everything he said was not true right yeah, yeah. he's been he's been with his wife i think yeah, forever yeah. for like, four like but years, he made it a point years. to make a big deal of like hey hey that's not me i'm not like that <laughs> well yeah there's right. like you remember when he you know she passed right he, and that was like they were so super in love and there were so many stories about them i digress um so yeah brody and uh, uh no no yeah brody and stanley have the, their conversation at the lingerie place then the the conversation at the railing where stan's basically like all the heroes he's created are because of his own heartbreak of the one that got away and don't be like me brody you can't you gotta not stop that brody also asks a whole bunch of different questions obviously about superhero sex organs which is hilarious uh stanley eventually walks off and it's another funny one from the commentary when stan walks away uh he's going in one direction brody's like whatever stan you you'd give it all up all i give it all up brody for one more day and then completely changes the direction he was walking <laughs> like stanley's just milling about this mall he has no fucking idea where he's supposed to go um brody motivated slaps the thing and runs away we then cut down to uh, either one of these scenes happens in it doesn't matter uh we cut down to trish and silent bob i should have said this that earlier 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 when we first met jay and silent bob right J uh, bob had just watched empire and jedi and was trying to move a cigarette in his hand with his mind uh now it's trish and uh silent bob trish holding it silent bob trying to move it she makes a joke that she thought it moved but it didn't um 
uh, Brody runs into frame and is like, I need your help. Silent Bob, you know, you're an electrical master. Can you do something wiring for me real quick? And pulls out his thing and does this. I actually skipped the point where he gives uh, uh, Trish the keys to uh, uh, TS's car and says, go get that tape of Shannon Hamilton. And she's like, okay, <laughs> I'll totally sell this guy out that I was, I'm 15. I probably shouldn't be fucking people, let alone yeah. videotaping them. Fuck me um and then it was the whole thing can you watch them together sure then ts runs into stan lee and he's like oh or, and hey it worked out it turned out this is all a setup that uh you know stan lee yeah you know gave him the the vulture soliloquy from love via vulture tonight i think you should get your friend some help though he's obsessed with superhero sex organs <laughs> uh backstage at the show jay shows up there's two suitors there that are going to be the ones who uh, go out there and try to vie for Brandy's heart. Uh, he, Jay starts talking about how they could fuck up or fart or whatever, pop a boner and everything would go to hell. They start getting nervous, and he goes, what's great for nerves is uh, snoogie, boogie, man, man, man. He brings out the weed. They're going to do some fucking drugs because they're drug addicts, everybody. Don't be like who, them. Who's one of the show contestants, Craig? One of the show contestants uh, in this scene? Or you, do you mean the third suitor who's going to come in? in a second? The third, third suitor, suitor, yeah. Let's wait till we introduce the third suitor. Yeah. One of the guys in the scene is the long-haired dude who won Gatorade from Clerks. So fuck you, Tim, trying to catch me. You don't well, even know what you're talking about. Man, how dare you try to catch him? Tim, fuck you insulted it. me and yourself. Take off that PS I Love You sweatshirt. You don't deserve to wear it. Shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> um, and I did all that all in all sorts of wacky order. So now we're just going to come right back to it where those two contestants are down, stoned as hell. Uh, Jay's there. Uh, Brody comes in. No, TS comes in. He's like, oh, man, you did great. Uh, great, blah, blah. Brody shows up. You know, all it took was a fat chronic blunt. Um, and there's some question. You, these two were lightweights, to which TS looks around and goes, oh, my God, there's only two. And he's like, what do you mean? There's only two. There's supposed to be three. At this point, the third contestant walks in, who is, of course, Brian O'Halloran. He is, in fact, Dante Hicks from Clerks, just with his uh, face, or his, his goatee shaved off. His hair's longer. His character is with Hicks instead the of hair. The hair is so bad at this. It was the 90s. Yeah, but hey, even then, the I was goatee's like, gone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I'll feel take like it. Gil Hicks <laughs> or, prefer the goatee. or the, the, the actor improved quite a bit in between clerks and mall rat still not great but much better you know who he reminded me of he reminded me of uh um before the drugs Artie from howard stern Artie lang Artie like he reminded me of Artie lang like just his his kind of face and the hair it's just like a very 90s Artie lang i don't know why have you seen Artie lang lately yes that's what i'm saying yeah before the drugs is what i'm saying yeah (laughs) kevin question for you did you ever see vulgar uh no okay why? It was it was another black and white indie that Brian was in. I forget yeah. who from the Views Universe did it. Hold on. Jay, it wasn't Mosher. Someone else directed it and wrote it, right? Oh, it was his. Wasn't it his friend? It wasn't it his like Brian actual Johnson. friend. Like, Brian Johnson yeah. did it. Yeah. Okay. Randall's based off of. Well, Brian Johnson is uh, uh, singer uh, Steve Dave in this. I don't know if that's who Randall. I forget if that's who Randall is based off of. We're getting in the weeds, obviously, as we do. Um, Gil comes in and is like, what the fuck's going on? This is what's going on. Uh, at this point, he Roddy Roddy comes by and is like, oh, by the way, Mr. Schwenning has diphtheria. <laughs> he, the executives had come back or whatever, and he's out there puking in a bag that Roddy Roddy had given him and all this other stuff. Um, Gil yells for Roddy Roddy. He comes through and he's like, aren't these the two that uh, Mr. Schwenning had arrested? They sure are. Security. And then Jason Lee goes, Hey, Roddy. And he's like, yeah. And he turns and he punches him. And again, a great line from the commentary when Jason Lee's watching the scene. He's like, if you can see in the scene, I am constantly in the stance the sp- stuntman taught me to punch. So he's like, <laughs> awkwardly like sitting. <laughs> like, hey, Roddy. Uh, 
So then cop sh- or the security shows up, right? And then Brody really quickly or Jay, I forget who is like this, these this these two this guy got high and knocked these two out or whatever. Uh, you got to get him out of here. And like and Gil's like that's not what happened. And they kicked him. He's like ow. And so she's like whatever. She drags them off. Uh, the show is set to go. Um, then it's show starts right, and it's truth or date. Uh, Shannon Hamilton and Renee are out in the audience. Uh, is their beautiful first date of just their entire day? It continues. I don't know when he's fucking working at the fashionable mail, but apparently it's um, uh, the the not Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak comes out. It's it's to- totally cheesy dating game knockoff show or whatever. Uh, they're out there talking. Uh, Mister. Sh- oh it, yeah, they introduced the suitors, and it's uh, T. S. Brody and Gill. Uh, at this point, we cut back into the audience where we see, see Mister. Schwending puking the bag and being horrified next to the execs. Rowdy comes over. He's got a bloody nose. Like, what the fuck is going on up there? Um, th- Brandy comes out. She sits down. We go into this whole suitor thing of shitty questions, right? Uh, based around a dating game and how uh, Brody wants to be called a second suitor because suitor number two sounds like a bathroom code. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> like, what weird shit to say, but okay. Um, what kind of car would you be? I'd be the car- kind of car you never dump your boyfriend in. Weird fucking response. Uh, Renee and uh, 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 Brody make eye contact in the beginning, and Shannon stops clapping, like understanding that something's weird. Um, there's now, good. All of this sucks, man. It I don't like sucks. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and I th- I don't know how it is in the extended version, but it is just this weird thing. Like like the con you don't dump your boyfriend in. That's I, a weird I think that con. this stayed pretty much the same. In the extended version, yeah. I still, I, I, I like the thing where, like, what kind of, what, what kind of, if we were making Whoopi, what's Whoopi? If we were, what, like, fucking and the entire audience gasped? Like, that was all right. What kind of noises would you make? <laughs> no, I think that's too personal of a question. I, I love that response so much. Yeah. And, I, and I do like the, I like, like, the, it's, I don't hate it, uh, but I, I guess it's longer than it needs to be, I guess. Because mm. I do think when I talk about, like, the Gil stuff, right, of like, yeah. first I started the cheese house and then <laughs> and, and dance till the sun came up. What a load of crap! <laughs> you look like the kind of guy that can would. You look like for the kind of guy that would beg for sex. I should know. We can smell our own. Brody <laughs> just killing it, and the network execs in the back yeah, uh, fall in love. And at some point, she asks the question of making Whoopi in public, and he goes, I "Already did once today." And uh, eventually, though, she Brandy starts putting it together, right? And uh, TS is on a long rambling tirade about everything that's going on. And then Brody can I, and the rest of us get some questions. It's here where there's the weird cut where they brought in Claire Filani super late in a different place and different lighting with different hair to actually piece the one scene they needed to get around all the governor's shit they had. Um, but then she's the jigs up. She's like, you know, how's your comic collection, Brody? And he's like, ah, oh, fine. You know what? I don't read comics. <laughs> what, what? Boy wonder. I'm all man lady. Anyways, that's just what's going on. This is a rambling weird <laughs> of the show obviously one, one thing in the extended thing that I, i'm reading isn't in the other one is yeah. there's like it shows is that brody has intentions of being on tv in the extended one. Oh yeah this that was not in here the, the whole point of this scene in the in the theatrical cut was basically just to be the the climax of that character development and so for me like that's where this movie watching it back kind of falls apart is that they don't really have a strong realization of growth as the guys like I guess Brody kind of does later, but t- like uh, TS just is sort of like just spends the entire time telling uh, uh, what's her name uh, Brandy that she's wrong, and then she's like, you know what, you're right, I was wrong, and I will marry you. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's not that's not good. Like she she was not in the wrong. He was fucking wrong for being a dick. Yeah, the uh... Adam, I think Kevin Smith wrote himself into a corner there by not having him having him have a little bit of growth. I think the movie would have been a lot more fulfilling if he'd walked away with at least some level of self-discovery. 
Yeah, the uh, the the, the whole storyline of the media being after TS and trying to get him for almost killing the governor. The there's a line where Brody says, "Man, that like you're you're running away from these cameras. I'd do anything to to get on TV know. or something like that." Yeah, it's been a long time. Sorry. Um, but yeah, anyways, though, uh, you know, how would you propose to me as Jaws popped out of the water? And then I'd propose you stop letting your father ruin, run your life right now. And like I said, this all gets revealed or whatever. Uh, finally, though, you know, Brody's like, well, ask her, you idiot, or whatever, because it's just a 180 all of a sudden that their problems have been solved by this t- yelling at each right. other talk show. And he proposes, she says, yes, she runs out and starts kissing him. Uh, like this fucking thing or whatever. Uh, while that's happening and they're making out, Brody falls backstage because uh, Jay's like, nah, nah, nah. everything's ready to go. Silent Bob's there. Silent Bob isn't there, by the way. He's hanging there, but they Trish tosses in the tape. It goes past him. It gets just out of his reach. Um, at this point, Stan Lee walks by and does the whole, oh, a sailboat. Willem is like, ah, he kicks the fucking thing and he stum- stumbles off. Sailboat, sailboat, goddamn sailboat. <laughs> uh, uh, so then the host comes out he tries to wrap up the show i'll be going to florida for a week of sun theme parks and a lot more by the looks of it uh at this point brody comes out grabs the microphone he goes not so fast pat sajak uh you you have something that belongs to me <laughs> hamilton's like well yeah what's that not you the girl idiot <laughs> it's like, i would have been like all right you just said you any you know what i mean we've been we have our own thing going yeah here. we've got stuff like i'm an asshole for thinking it's me um you have my heart, right? Into which Shannon Doherty, without any other, is just like, what can I say? I love the hard R. And it's like, Jesus, okay, that's Shannon. <laughs> that's how we're doing it uh, for Renee's turn in this movie. At which point, uh, Shannon Hamilton's like, oh, that's it. You're fucking dead, mall rat. I'm going to pump your teeth down your throat. He gets up and starts coming. And as he's coming to the stage, Brody is, uh, starts looking around and seeing all the cops coming in. This is earlier we had seen the scene you were talking about, Kev, with the cop cars coming in and all the cops running and one of their hats blowing off. Um, and, it, and Brody realizes he's out of time. He's like, all right, well, well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to present you with an accurate portrayal of the management staff at Fashionable Mail. Now, Silent Bob. Silent Bob's greasy for it. Now, Silent Bob. Uh, the cops get up there. Shannon gets up there. He grabs him. He cocks back. Now, in the, at this point, Willem's like, say what, say what, goddamn, say what, kicks the thing. It jostles the tape loop where uh, uh, Bob had been doing the Jedi mind stuff. He gets it. He slams it in. It starts playing. And it's, yeah, it's Hamilton having sex with this 15-year-old in the ass saying, mm, call, who's your favorite new kid? Mm, call him a Joey. There's the cop goes like that girl's only 15 years old. And they're like, you're off the hook for everything that's happened here. Was, we understand a lot of shit's happening here. We don't understand, but that's, that's how law works. Possibly arrest both of you. No, they don't there's have no not space. enough of us to arrest <laughs> both of you right now. The rules, man. Serious crimes. Only the person doing the worst thing gets arrested. Yeah. It's true. And Netflix like, oh, come on, guys. She told me she was 35. <laughs> 30. Uh, he's putting handcuffs in. So it's like we're into the end game of the movie here, right? So uh, they start to pull Shannon Hamilton out of there, and then uh, uh, Shannon Doherty walks up, slaps him on the ass as he walks by. I think maybe Brody already punched him at this point. That happens. Though. You've seen the movie. <laughs> he has the moment oh, where he's like, like, he can goes can I hit him? He's like, all right, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He's like, I can't leave him in custody. Just one. Right, like, all right. Uh, so then they have the conversation, uh, Brody and Shannon, or uh, Brody and uh, Renee, of like, you know, you know, I owe you, I owe you breakfast, let, you know, and also tomorrow if you're not too busy, would you want to come over and have dinner and meet my mother? I can't guarantee she like they kiss again. It's another awkward ass kiss. Um, then back at the stage, uh, T.S. and uh, uh, um, 
Brandy are like, you know, wrapping up there. Would you really gone on? What do you think? I think you would have. <laughs> uh, at which point the Brandy's fa- is, uh, Brand- Brandy's dad comes in, Michael Rooker, and he's arguing with the neck. He's like, the show will always be tiny. It won't be- the show's a piece of shit spending, but this guy's great. And it's Brody standing there or whatever. Like, tell me, kid, have you ever thought about hosting your own TV show? And he just goes, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to the fucking where they're they so now. Apparently, the two guys that were the executive producers for the mall dating show yeah. also have sway over the top, top <laughs> show. On the networks right now, which is the Tonight Show, very much still being hosted by I think maybe this at this point Jay Leno had taken over, but or maybe or maybe Johnny Carson. But when, when did Johnny Carson? Like, but if this was Johnny Carson, the, the, the idea that Brody Stevens would take over for Johnny Carson, it was just absurd. But you know they went for it. Why not? Yeah, and, it, and it, you know maybe you know we're wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe it is the fact of. It, 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 he ha- took the shitty job with these other people and he worked his way up, right? Maybe that's how it really happened. Did you ever think about that? I mean, I did not think about that because the that's way the extended cut, the way it's edited, it shows him legitimately just the next day taking with over. a fucking bomb ass Weezer track. A whole reason to own yeah. this fucking goddamn soundtrack. Suzanne fucking playing. Um, yeah, Brody took over the Tonight Show. Uh, Renee's his band leader. Uh, Renee was very well liked by his mother. Um, what album was Suzanne on? This soundtrack, it wasn't on an album. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. wow. That was one of the main reasons. That, well, I mean, I was going to buy the soundtrack anyway, but I was definitely in for it. Yeah. Because back in the day, kids, you know, you couldn't buy your songs piecemeal. You had to fucking own all this weird-ass shit. Same reason I had the Angus soundtrack, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Weird. They put a Weezer track on it. I'm buying it. All right? That's I've how I heard Angus. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the, the wrap up. TS and Brandy do get married after graduation from college. They get married at Universal Studios. You get the Jaws thing there. Um, Shannon Hamilton is in the fucking prison. He's getting he's getting he's getting attacked. He's he's people are having sex with his ass now in a very uncomfortable place. Uh, Renee's book go, or no 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 um, Trish's book goes on to be a record setting thing bestseller for, for seventy two weeks or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. Um, they're making a movie out of it. Um, and then I think it's Jay and Silent Bob, right? Jay, Jay, Silent Bob, and Suzanne. That's a story for another time. And it's an orangutan where they're holding hands with it on a road and they turn and they walk down the road. And so, you're like, that'll never pay off. So and then, brilliant. They pay off on it eventually. That's Can't wait. Can't wait, Can't yeah. wait for that bit. It's time for Ragu Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast where we rank all the villains in the Kevin Smith View Askew universe. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Greg, alongside the Hispanic heartthrob, Andy Cortez. How's it going, guys? The glue, Kevin Coelho. What's up? Forbes 30 under 30, Tim Geddes. Y'all. And the man, the myth, the legend, the predator himself, the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Airwit, airwit. There it is. DJ, what was his name? DJ Ugly Trust? Trust. Trust. DJ Trust. <laughs> uh, DJ Trust. He's not going to roofie you. For volume nine here. For DJ the Trust can't afford roofies. We currently have number one, Dante. He's his own worst enemy. Who is yeah. the villain of Mallrats, and where do we want to put them? Shannon. Shannon Hamilton. Hamilton and Michael Rooker are the villains of this, and I'd say they're number one. Wait, Shannon? Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 you guys are right. You guys are right. Sorry. Ben Affleck and Michael Rooker are definitely yeah. number one on my list. They, yeah. They're great. 100%. Ben Affleck just plays himself, which is totally unlikable, which is great. And then Michael Rooker, of course, <laughs> coming in coming in hard with a naked bottom, uh, doing doing the Die Hard 2 Kung Fu in the Mirror. Love La it. LaForce as well? LaForce? 
No, I like yeah, Lafour. Yeah. Lafour's still working. Lafour's just doing his job, you know. Well, I guess yeah, he's yeah. guard. He tries to plant drugs on him, but other than that, just doing his job. But again, Nazi, that was part Nazis of his job. Nazis were just doing their job, Kev. He, Let me tell you about another group of hate Jesus mongers that were just. They're called now. Throwback. They're number one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Come on, don't be stupid. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. I don't know if there are haikus. There are. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> there are, baby. You go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Ricky McFly did. Dialogue's funny. Superman, nuts like a gun. Let's jump the bunny. Very good. Daniel Edmund says, like the budget's been upped. Who's down for snoochie boochie? Ben Affleck was young. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bumble Boy Wonder says, "Big titted mermaids, inappropriate humor. Movie ain't pe- movie ain't PC." <laughs> Dude, that one line where they say the big tit. You'll see fucking big titty mermaids. So good. And then uh, Senor Fluffles ends it with the second suitor. Your maleness amazes me. Stink palm, <laughs> classic. There you it's go. so funny. Like you, I, I never realized because this movie was um, not like I, I guess it's a flop, right? Given the budget, oh, how yeah. much it made. They were expecting it to make at least probably 23 million, I imagine. But like looking at this, I'm like, I wonder if he had just made this version, if if he set out to make this version, if he could have done it for like two million dollars or a million and a half dollars and actually made this like a soluble movie. I don't know. Or solvent movie, rather, not soluble. It's not gonna dissolve in water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's talking on that, but that didn't sound right. I was gonna let that one slide. I mean. But it's so weird that how I, I didn't realize how overly ambitious this was for a second film. Um, and and like a, this all this extended edition sounds fucking bananas. So it looks like he kind of lost his way there a little bit. You know what song kind of feels like it needed to be in this movie? And it's only just because it's part of the era, but here I go, watch your mouth, because I'm not listening any. It's like something, it's from Dumb and Dumber. And I was like, I feel like this song needs to be in this movie just because every 90s movie kind of had the same vibe, you know, sublime. Oh my God. I mean, this, exactly. And that's, that's one of the reasons <laughs> why, you know, you guys were probably, I think you guys had just come out of your mothers in the 90s, but me and Greg being the old guys, this was like, these are, these are so nostalgic to go back and watch. Just because of that feel like in, in 96, I was midway through high school. So like just that feel of of being at the mall and hearing that soundtrack and hearing punk and like hearing Weezer and stuff like that is just eh, so good. It can't be it can't be uh, can't be shit on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch the theatrical cut this week, too, to see if uh, my ranking will change going forward. But this, I think, is definitely under clerks. I don't know. That it's that far under clerks, but. I think well, I'm just realizing I, these Kevin Smith things. It's like it, or like last week you were talking about like the greater than the sum of its parts, like all that stuff. It's like it's all starting to fall apart for me. Where I'm just like, okay, but we're we're like, I feel like so much of the things that we like about this movie is because we, we say we like them. It's like, oh, it's funny. Why? Well, we say it's funny, so it's funny. But it's like it's nostalgia more than quality. And maybe, I, but I, I mean, hope that changes as we as we go on because I do remember like Dogma is the one that I remember liking the most and remember functioning as a movie the most that i've seen of these so i'm excited to get to that one but this even like extended not extended whatever it's like i did not have a good time watching this and like sure there's like lines of dialogue that were funny but like for a movie that is supposed to be regarded as good because of its dialogue i feel like it missed way more than it hit i agree i agree i uh i felt uh largely pretty bored with the movie um 
And I mean, I, I think Tim just summed everything up perfectly. There was a couple lines of dialogue that made me giggle here and there. But for the most part, I understand that I had to have. Well, I should have watched the theatrical first, but I also would probably love it a lot more had I watched it as a kid of the 90s and as a, a an eight year old, nine year old, maybe 12, 13 year old. I would have enjoyed it a lot more upon watching it now. Well, it just it just seems like it's it's easy sort of immature comedy which i'm not above granted like <laughs> i love a lot of adam sandler dumb and dumber ace ventura shit but uh i still think i'd enjoy it a lot more had i seen it back in the day but see i think that's the charm of this movie right is that you guys obviously watched the the more him trying to make something that was more than what you just said but this is a silly immature movie and i think that it suffers if it goes on any longer than 90 minutes for me i, I enjoyed watching this movie again um i i thought it I held it in higher regard than I do now, only because watching it back to back with Clerks when I was a kid, same reason why you liked Back to the Future 2 or you thought you did. It just had more going on, right? It had a comic book, it had pictures of Wolverine, it had Stan Lee, it had boobs, it had all sorts of things. It was in color. So I was like, oh, this is clearly a much better movie, right? You go back, you watch them back to back. And there's just that certain magic of Clerks, not the least of which is like because of the story of it, that you just can't help but feel delighted watching it the whole time, right? And in this one, yeah, that he's already, you know, we always, we always talk about it. it's always fun to watch the super the, the, like a, a hero get his superpowers. We love the origin stories. Well, for me, that was Clerks. Clerks is the origin story for Kevin Smith. This is the sequel. This is the Thor Dark World where you're like, uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, we, we he's he's flexing his muscle here a little bit, but I do think that they should have given him like a million dollars and be like, you have to make this movie on this budget and, and given him some constraints because it, it, he just went off a little bit too much on this. It doesn't have the same tightness. Yeah, I still love the movie. Uh, I still found it funny. Like I said, I came in ready to cringe more of like, oh, God, what are we getting in for? But I still enjoyed it. I still I think, you know, and it's one of it's it's very much for me the same way of digging through the old photo albums and looking through photos from junior high or high school or whatever. Right. Where it's like it's a nice thing to go back to. It brings back really fond memories. I still find things to chuckle and remember stories and lines of dialogue I love from it or whatever. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a good movie. Right. Like it's it's got plenty of problems. It's enjoyable. Like we're talking about. I mean, like who the fuck is T.S. Quint? Why does it end the way it ends? How does all these how do all these things happen? I, I was I was uh back in the day, way more forgiving because it was more of a reflection of my life on the screen, right? You know, and I know that's such a goofy thing to say now with every superhero movie in the world out there, and but it Buzzfeed was cool list. to see those conversations. Huh? This movie kind of just feels like a BuzzFeed list where it's just like, remember this? Remember this? Or it's like, here's a reference to a thing and it's just like, okay, so Silent Bob uses the force. It's a reference to Empire Strikes Back and it's like, that's a fun nod and it's like, okay, the Wolverine stuff, but it's like, they're not building a story out of that. It is just kind of like played for hitting you somewhere to be relatable, which in that sense, they nailed. And I, I do think that even watching it now, I don't think that any of those moments don't feel good. Like, even though we have uh, superheroes and Stan sure. Lee in every movie, Stan Lee in this movie was exciting to me. Like, I liked that scene a lot, and I thought that that stuff kind of worked really well. I just think that all the characters around that and the story that they, they built, like, just it doesn't add up to anything that makes any type of sense. And it, Nick mentioned the Shakespearean stuff earlier. It's just like, yeah, the dialogue is so flowery, flowery and just like, over the top that the relatability it's kind of at odds with itself of being relatable and also just being like every character's Randall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like I, the, the, the positive notes of this, like for me, Jane Seth and Bob are really starting to come into their own. And I think they're the best part of this movie. And I think Jason Muse is a lot more comfortable here. And we start <laughs> seeing, like, what we think of like this movie when I started uh, Clerks, I was like Snooch and Nooch and Nugans and all that shit. 
that's not in clerks that there's like yeah. a little bit of it here and there but this is where we really see him get comfortable and then you know we're gonna work it up but no future spoilers but when we get to jane's on about reboot i mean i think that there's so much of that foundation laid in this movie for for what we're seeing later with those two characters um it's I don't know. It's I mean it's really telling that Shannon Doherty never chose to come back to the US universe. <laughs> she almost did Mallrats, remember? Oh, was that was that the thing no, that was going to happen? What, also... what the fuck is the new, what's the thing with Mallrats now? Is it going to be a series we, another movie? We do not even have fucking time yeah. to get into that right now. So <laughs> not, um it's I I love this movie. I think it's funny and like yeah, a big part of it is like that when when I saw it the first time it was like the people were it's same for clerks. People weren't making these kind of references. They weren't saying these things and there was more like it was, it, it was a huge deal. I do feel like watching the extended version was a huge mistake. Like that, like watching that movie, that movie sucked, uh, and super shocking to like just as a surprise see that like the first like twenty minutes be totally different. Um, yeah, I, I was just like, I, I guess you know the references and stuff and all that stuff is fun, but I we still don't have a you know anything resembling like a character arc that feels meaningful or anything like that i think that brody has a really important i I think brody has an important character act like um or his his character grows through the movie ts doesn't but like you know it's interesting to like whose movie is this like uh, brody and ts really share uh the screen a lot but i feel like brody's the one that's getting all the growth and like, yeah, Brody outshined yeah. T.S. I think. Yeah, and, and back to the growth thing, he I do also think more of a character. one I glossed over earlier on, right? It, 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 he does have that moment of self-realization, right. or at least where he sp- speaks it out, similar to Randall, I think, right? Of just yeah. like, haven't I made it abundantly clear in our friendship? I don't know. I don't know. Sh- I'm always, I don't know it shit. I'm always talking out my ass or sticking my hand in it, right? Like, don't listen to me when I'm saying stupid stuff in the same way Randall says that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. I just feel like man, it, it's unfortunate that we watched it with uh, this extended version because I really feel like wow, that may it yeah, may. You guys, have to, you guys have to go. I mean, Kevin, you've seen it a bunch of times with yeah. Tim and Andy. You guys have to go back and watch. Yeah, it. but I, I feel like I will watch it this week. Yeah, I really do think that like the well is is like poisoned where it's like now. I I can't even imagine like being like ten years away from watching. Like I watch the, these movies all the time. So, like, the joke's hitting, like, they won't hit anywhere near as hard. It doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Kev, can you look through the rest of them and make sure that they're all the right stuff that we should be watching? Because I'd like, there's no way I would have known this. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing Amy's in Mandarin. It literally, it literally <laughs> says Ball Rats 1995. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> but, cool. Anyways, let's, uh, let's vote. Who thinks that Mall Rats is better than Clerks? Raise your hand. No one raises their hand. Rankings right now of the Kevin Smith View Askew Universe. Number one, Clerks. Number two, Mallrats. We will return next week on – or this week on Friday with Transformers, The Last Night. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, God. The rooms. Let's Is go, this possibly baby. the worst week in in-review ever? <laughs> First off, <laughs> fuck you. The week that, is bad yeah. because of, you watched the, the extended yeah, Don't yeah, blame yeah. the fucking movie. Which I, I immediately, by the way, him, was I like, don't believe him at all. Oh, and then see, fucking and like, edit that the... shit. <laughs> like, it wasn't some random fan creation, all right? <laughs> it's an official thing. Uh, also, I wanted to mention the uh, – um, it – was Mallrats always regard? I, I could have sworn Mallrats was always thought of as like one of the best, if not the best, Kevin Smith movie. I think it's no, the most. It's, I think it's the most mainstream commercial of the VSQ movies. No, I don't think that's true. The next all. one's about God and the devil and angels and no, shit. Okay, I'm way off then. My well, bad. My yeah, bad. Chasing Amy's the next one, right? And then yeah, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I feel like Got Dogma it. and Clerks Two are both 
very commercial. I, I know that I dog say, was a little obscure. I would say for sure that Mallrats was the cult classic one. Mallrats came out and bombed and was mishandled and marketed. And it wasn't until it was on VHS that people were like, wait a second. Like clowns like me were like, wait a second. Like, hold on. This is actually cool. Like there's something gotcha. here okay. that actually is. I don't think I even saw this in the theaters. I think I saw no. this on VHS well, like 99 or 2000 there was i remember uh i had heard somewhere that the the trailer wasn't good and it was cut really weirdly and i wonder if it was cut to the original story probably yeah jesus must have been oh. um yeah so next tuesday we will be doing chasing amy thank you guys for joining us this week until next time nooch